They, I don't know that they were drinking. I think they were smoking dope. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, March 3rd, 2013. Time for your Get My Nation Media Assassination, Episode 492. This is No Agenda. Living a mac and cheese life from the Travis Heights hideout at the intersection of MoFo and SoCo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. In the Gun Valley, where I'm yucking it up, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's the heck was that all about? You got me. You caught me with that crazy Adam. The way you said Adam Curry was so off the. I don't know what it was. Oh, I'm sorry. You oh, you were being like the John Galt guy. Uh, oh, was that it? <laughs> I was. Be, I, dude, I am the John Galt guy. In case you didn't know, let's you play that clip for the uh, people who didn't get to hear it at the beginning. Uh, you're coming in real crappy today. What happened? That's no, weird. It's not good. Well, maybe it'll snap out of it. Yeah, well, they should yell. Well, you, it's not me. It's you. You need to yell a little bit. You need to get on the stick. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Are you there? Can you hear me? I'm here. Okay. You sound like crap, but we'll we'll live through it. Well, there's no reason for that. No, I know. It's like we start the show and then it all goes to crap. You know, we, we're just we're testing for ten minutes. Last, the, 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 we didn't know this wasn't on the show last time, but we got cut oh, off. Yeah. No. Right after the show, we're talking for three minutes, and boom, then then you lose your entire interwebs. Yeah, well, we were talking about something. We were do, talking about government issues. That didn't <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, that didn't sit well with everybody. Someone didn't like what we were saying. <laughs> hey, John, let me be the first to wish you a very happy National Consumer Protection Week. Oh, well, thank you very much. I've been waiting for someone to, to congratulate. <laughs> and also, I'd, I'd like to congratulate you on National American Red Cross Month. Nice. And... Happy 10th anniversary to the United States Department of Homeland Security. Oh, well. <laughs> Shut up, slave. There you Can't go. Be winners. <laughs> I love how the, you know, we have these. Guy, that thing's been in business for a decade. Decade, really. So you have the, the presidential proclamation for all these things. I, you know, the National Consumer Protection Week. I'd I, I just like to read to you how farcical. Is that a word, farcical? Yep. It's a good word, right? It's like a popsicle, only it's a fake. Farcical. Well, not fake. Farce is yeah. different than fake. Okay. So the farce of, here it is. I've got uh, National Consumer Protection Week. So just, just listen to this proclamation. Over four years ago, widespread abuses in America's financial system nearly brought our economy to its knees. Millions saw their life savings erode. Businesses shuttered their doors, and families were devastated by job loss and foreclosures. The crisis cast a harsh light on the breakdown in oversight that led to an epidemic of irresponsibility. <laughs> it highlighted the need for common-sense regulations to protect the vast majority of Americans from the reckless actions of a few. Is this guy writing his legacy or what? During National Consumer Protection Week, we remind those lessons, we remember those lessons, and we recognize that our shared prosperity depends on empowering all Americans to make sound decisions for themselves and their families. Have no worries, citizens. It is a very happy Consumer Protection Week. I just read that, I'm like, so it's all fixed now. It's fixed. It's all It's all good. 
Well, of course, there was a really good, on the financial crisis, there was a really good meeting at the American Enterprise Institute with a guy who wrote this book. I recommend people reading it if you can afford it. It's generally written for the echelon. Uh, Peter Wallison, A Bad History, Worst Policy, where he documents everything that's fake about the financial crisis and so far as why it was caused and how it got worse and came down to end up blaming it on the... uh, Community Reinvestment Act and, <laughs> really? and the government. Oh, but this can't be true, John, because you 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 jumped the gun a little bit. But there's a website to go with National Consumer Protection Week. Yeah, yeah, it's fancy looking. It will What's teach you. The, well, uh, it'll teach me. It'll <laughs> I bet it will. <laughs> it is ncpw.gov. Uh, National yeah. Consumer Protection Week. ncpw.gov. Just look at it. Look okay. at this. I mean, this website. Go in there now. Go in there now. This website tells me. Ooh, it's got like a little infographic on the front. <laughs> I knew you'd love this website. <laughs> we Spread are- the word. <laughs> Use sample press releases. Social. Wait a minute. <laughs> I sometimes I see these things and I I can't sleep at night waiting to show them to you <laughs> because I know you're gonna love it. Hey, we can place an order for something. Hold on. We can order something. What can we order? Use sample press releases, social network blurbs, and web banners to promote NCPW. Really? <laughs> Wait, place an order. I don't want to place an order. For what order, an order about? Order free resources. So sample press. So in other words, take, what, take your press release. Let me, let me look at these press releases. I want to Write order free resources. <laughs> There's free resources here, damn it. Consu- view, view the to- toolkit. <laughs> Subscribe, get email updates from partners <laughs> about us. <laughs> wow. Out general brochures. Where's the sample press releases? You know who's a part of this? National Cybersecurity Alliance is a part of the, is a oh, partner. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, and they're located in Nigeria. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And then some, some company somewhere made, no, I had several million dollars at least putting this very colorful. I kind of it's the you know it's got the pastel color uh, motif. It's a horrible looking thing. It's a, <laughs> it's so old fashioned. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Consumer topics. Very probably very compatible. If they drive, they take these rounded corners and square them off, it look good on a Windows eight machine. Yeah. Add buttons and banners. Promote your event. What, what event? <laughs> Let's just. We should make an event. Where's the National Consumer Protection Week event? We need an event. I can't find the press releases. Be a gracious host. Host a forum, workshop, or seminar in your community and share the tools people need for today's economy. Partner with local organizations such as the police department or library. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a gracious host. Put it in writing. Customize the sample article and send it to local organization. Oh, this is a good one. Customize the sample article and send it to local organizations so they can promote NCPW through their publications. Contact your local television, radio, or cable. Don't they can't they don't they have anyone in the government to do this work? No. Contact your local television, radio, or cable access station. Offer to tell their audience about your National Consumer Protection Week event. By the way, via esta página en español. Know. It's two websites. It's in Espanol as well. Yeah, I like to see the translations. It's the same. Yeah. There's another one. This is on the list on Get Involved. <laughs> Shout it from the rooftops. 
Tell your friends, family, and colleagues and neighbors hey, about everybody. it. It's National Consumer Prevention Week. Word of mouth is powerful, it says. It's always ask the mouth. What is, is everybody like fu- in the fifth grade in, in today's government? <laughs> yes. This is not like something you do in the fifth grade. You know, it's funny you say that because it is so condescending. It's like we're all morons that we've never been no, online before. Graders. What? Fifth graders. Yeah. This is very fifth grade. Oh, here's an embedded thing. National Consumer Protection Week 2013. <laughs> Your information destination. Oh. I get to get some banners here. Like, I mean, I'll put hey, this on hey, the- Let me, because we could do this all for the entire show. I, it's an, yeah, it's an amazing, it's, it, it is a divine website. Uh, however, I'd like to read to, to you a little piece from the Presidential Proclamation for the 10th anniversary of the United States Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. I mean, this is prose, man. This is beautiful. This is like uh, four score and how many years ago was it? Four score and seven. I think. Seven years. <laughs> it all starts like that. Ten years ago. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> I wish you could do Obama. Oh, hi, everybody. I wish I could, but I'll just do... Um, my, uh, I'll do my voiceover. Just do a, just a general blowhard. Yeah, voiceover voice that gets me no work. Okay, that's the one. That's the one I like to use the most. Ten years ago, when the tragic events of September 11 were fresh in our hearts, <laughs> and our nation found itself more uncertain in a more uncertain world, the United States Department of Homeland Security (DHS) opened its doors with a single task: touching your penis. Keeping the American people safe, day by day, hour by hour. The department has advanced that critical mission through a decade of shifting threats and new challenges. We take this opportunity to recognize its accomplishments and pay tribute to the people who have made them possible. Alongside its partners in government and the private sector, DHS has taken action to make our borders and ports more secure, our critical infrastructure and cyber networks more resilient, and our people more engaged in addressing the dangers we face. While threats persist, America is prepared to meet them, and we stand ready to overcome whatever challenges the future holds. America, fuck yeah! (laughs) And it goes on and on and on. This is amazing. It's militaristic. Nobody reads any of this crap. I do. I love it. It's fantastic. And you know, we actually, it, what ties right into this is a, uh, a follow-up from our TSA shill, uh, who prefers to be go by the name G. Roper. He doesn't like the TSA shill thing. He says G. Roper, as suggested by the chat room, is more appropriate. And um, I, I got to share this with you. So I, I was blown away by the policy statement, the White House, uh, that you read referring to the improvised explosive devices. Now, you remember this, John. We, were, we had quite a conversation about this, uh, this presidential policy and the executive order uh, regarding the uh, uh, Office of Bombing Prevention and the reclassification of improvised explosive devices. So the crotch bomb was an IED. Uh, the uh, the first uh, World Trade Center bomb was an IED. So now anything that blows up, anything that goes poof, is an IED. Um, our TSA insider says, I understood that you felt this policy was a beginning of to an information gathering and collection system within the government, similar to the credit recording system. However, I believe this policy is a precursor to an extension of the TSA. This caught my attention, as you can imagine, John. Oh, I know it's a scary thought, and I'm right there. I can see it, too, by the way, right now. Well, here it comes. 
I know it's a scary thought, and I'm right there with you, shit in my pants, quoting a section of the policy, screening, detecting, and protecting our people, facility, and transportation systems, critical infrastructure, as well as the flow of legitimate commerce. Uh, the insider says, these are key words that are thrown around at my workplace on a daily basis. While reading through this policy, I could not help but constantly think that the government was moving towards an interstate screening process, including public roadways. I believe that this policy is intended to prepare and scare the public into believing that we need to screen, which means search, every vehicle that travels between states. The concept of, quote, legitimate commerce is also scary because the only way to confirm legitimacy is to search the vehicle to be assured there is not an IED on board. The next quote is also important. A whole-of-government approach that integrates federal, state, local, tribal, territorial, private sector, and global participation in counter-IED activities will best position the United States to discover plots to use IEDs in the United States or against the U.S. persons abroad before those threats become imminent. According to our TSA Insider, I hold that what this is referring to is checkpoints all across boundaries intranationally, including what is mentioned, state, local, tribal, territorial, etc., Hope all is well with you and yours. <laughs> I have yet to receive two to the head. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and there goes Tiger. Hey, Tiger. So um, that is uh, a pretty good analysis, I think. We have a great audience. Yeah, I think he's right, too. And, and the thing is, it's not, it's not that it hasn't been uh, done and put up with before. When you're driving into California... Uh, not when you're driving out, but when you're driving into California, they stop you. Uh, they stop you from Nevada. They stop you from Washington or from Oregon. They stop you from everywhere on the main roads. Uh, you can sneak through if you go around. But they stop you and ask you if you're bringing in any fruits. And, oh, right, uh, right, fruits, right. And they can s search the car. They cannot search the car. Well, they, they they search the car anyway. Yeah, but they cannot. The only well, thing a lot of people can't do what. What are you going to do? Run for it? No. They when they stop you, you say, "Am I am I free to go?" And they'll say, "Well," and they'll probably say, "Are you an American citizen?" You say, "I, I don't have to answer that." Am I free to go? Um, or you can say, um, am, uh, "Do you suspect me of a crime? Am I being detained?" And eventually, they will let you go. There's hundreds yeah, of YouTube. I'm sure, they videos. will eventually if you want to do that. Yes, I, 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 I will speaking, do that. I will do that. No, because I'm not a slave. And yeah, I will, fine. I, I, I just say, no, I got no fruits. I'm on my way. Oh, uh, oh, slave. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't do it because with Ms. Mickey in the car because she's not an American citizen. And they have the right to detain her. Yeah. That's that's the problem. Uh, with I see her. you've got the universal excuse. No, because if I'm by myself and I'm pulled over or I'm stopped and they ask me these silly questions, I, I will definitely not submit to it. You know, the funny thing is, is last time I came through, as long as it's after as long as it's like a Friday or a Monday, because you know, <laughs> the last time I came through, <laughs> yeah. I uh, they asked me if I had any fruit. I was coming driving down from uh, Washington to Oregon and I had a banana I forgot that I put the banana in the cup holder. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I has no fruit. <laughs> so the guy looks at the banana. He said, first he goes, he looks in the car, and I realize, what do I say? What is he looking at? Why is he looking at me? And he's looking at the banana. He says, do you have any fruit? I said, no. He, he said, okay, and off I went. <laughs> 
Oh, is, is that a banana in your pants? Are you just in your cup holder, or are you just really happy to see me? When you're coming in from Hawaii, they x-ray your luggage looking for guavas and yeah. other uh, contraband. Is that, and be- is that because of the dreaded uh, fruit fly? Is that what that's all about? Bug. Uh. Who knows? They just don't. They're trying to keep uh, the tropical weird uh, bugs out of California. But it's not okay. It's really not okay. We have this this 100-mile border patrol um, in well, Texas. But this is a different operation. This is the California. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. It does not it does matter. matter. No, it doesn't. It's the Gestapo or some <laughs> local guy. I'd rather have the local guy. No, it, do, it doesn't matter. They do not have the well, right. Idealistically. Yeah, but I can't, you know, of all the people, you from Berkeley, I mean, you should you should be resisting this. No, I was raised in California. I'm a responsible Californian. We do not need these bugs in the state ruining our crop. It's an agricultural state. Sure. I have no problem with this. Right. So uh, that's fine. So then don't bring your banana in, Mr. I I'm- didn't for- I forgot about the banana. I didn't know it notice until we were, I was down the so road. So you're not so you're anything but a responsible Californian. You're bringing damn bananas now, in. You know, bananas don't carry anything and I was going to you know, I throw the peel out the window. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, to, to, to spread the bug. Wow. You do it up in the mountains. There's no problems up there. Yeah. Well, okay. No, I'm just, you know, you go ahead, submit all you want. Which brings me to the next obvious topic. Bitcoin has passed the magic 33 number since uh, you advised me to sell, which I did not do. I held on to my Bitcoins. And uh, you and I are being berated in the Bitcoiniverse. <laughs> what those those two guys? Did you, did, you hear, did you hear those jabronis? Here's my favorite line: Any technical out analyst who looks at the fundamentals can see that these guys are full of crap. <laughs> it's like wow. There's some podcasts. You know, these guys are like they, they. I like what they did because they were. Did they talk like this. They were doing an assassination of us the way we do assassinations. So I like that with the playing of clips and stuff. But you know, I'm I'm like okay you know this is funny but I'm like I'm waiting for the big reveal the big here's the document here's the information here's the proof about the Bitcoin why it's the, why it's the greatest thing ever yeah and yeah. no I want to it's an unregistered security as far as I'm concerned <laughs> I'm holding on to it I mean you know me I'm a believer I want to believe this stuff I just I I can't convince my landlady to take bitcoins for the rent otherwise I'd be set even even if the market. If the Austin farmers market would, t- and they have their own money, they have wooden um, money. They have wooden coins yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can buy wooden coins. They have an ATM that literally poops out wooden coins. <laughs> it's wow. cool. Yeah, five dollar coins, and you can only spend them at the market. Now, of course, you're, you you <laughs> are, you just use a five dollar bill. Is that no good? There is no transaction fee on the exchange between the uh, between your dollars and the wooden money. That's why, and and of course that money then they, they have an ATM. So the uh, Austin Sustainable Center or whatever it's called, they operate the ATM that proves it's pretty funny. The wooden coins, it's cool, um, and of course you know it keeps the money within the system. So you know you're going to you're not going to take that five dollar piece of wood and spend it at Halcyon on bottomless mimosas. What kind what? of a cockamamie scheme is this at this farmers market? Well, it's a it's a I think it's a good idea. 
how is it a good idea? I've got $5, yeah. and I go to the farmer and say, here's a $5 bill. Give me some $5 worth of produce. I take it, and I go home. Yeah, no, you can you do- go through the extra no. effort of buying no. a $5 no. wooden coin. No, 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 no. I don't do that typically. I'm just saying you can. But why would you want to? Uh, because it's wood. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty wood. <laughs> if it's a collectible, I, would think, I think but. it's highly collectible. But I, yeah. it's like I'm. I'm a sucker for these things. I'm. I'm down with it. I like the whole idea of alternate, alternative, you know, payment methods. You know, living under the radar. I'm totally down with that. <laughs> living under the radar. But people. But people who say, "Man, you should be accepting bitcoins on the show." No, I can't do that. I can't. I mean, if if Bitcoin crashes tomorrow, then I can't. I'm you know I'm one two, uh, pay, you know uh, donation segments away from eviction. Well, why why can't we accept Bitcoins? I'm a big fan of these Bitcoins. You want, want you want to accept Bitcoins? To, I want the naysayers to to pay attention. I'm a big fan of these bitcoins. So if somebody wanted to give us bitcoins, I, I don't know how to accept them. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a bitcoin address. I'll manage the Bitcoin flow because it'll be so much work. <laughs> yeah, why don't you manage the Bitcoin flow? And when the two Bitcoins finally come in, which okay. is going to be about to take on this deal. Uh, <laughs> Here's how it can, works. Uh, split them up with me somehow. Yeah, okay, so you are about to witness one of the biggest problems with Bitcoin. Are you ready? You ready? Because I'm, I'm, I'm getting the information. So, um, hold on a second. I'm going to find the page. Here we go. All right. So uh, please donate your bitcoins to 1K9ZGJRJW17LD7USMVZITJTNHQ6UN69AV. Dvorak.org slash NA. Looking forward to it. I'll put a link on the donation page eventually. <laughs> no, no, you just have if to. If I can ever get that number right. And there's some of those are uppercase. You have to. Uh, oh, yeah, it has to be. I mean, and it probably is important. <laughs> you have to uh, memorize that. Hey, you know, so, so, I mean, this is where my wooden coin doesn't look so stupid. Here's a piece of wood. Oh, thank you. I'll ex- that, that piece of wood is worth 1K92GJRJ. All right, so did we just have a meeting, an executive meeting, where we said, yes, we'll accept Bitcoin as donation? Yeah. Wow. Don't you think we should? Okay. To assuage the Bitcoin fanatics, all five of them. Okay, so we'll keep a running tally. But Yeah, yeah actually, we will we'll compare that to to Pelsmacher. <laughs> no, Pelsmacher is going to start donating in Bitcoin. Don't you understand? No, no, Pelsmacher, do not do that. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is it, this is very dangerous what you're doing because no, if Bitcoin no, crashes, I'm convinced it is not dangerous. But like I said, if more than five p, I'll tell you, I'll make a bet. I'll bet you a Bitcoin, which I think you already owe me, uh, that <laughs> that do. no more than five people within the next, let's say, uh, year. Donate via Bitcoin. Oh uh, no, I think you're wrong. We'll have more than five people donating via Bitcoin. That is not a good bet. Ten. You don't think so? Ten. Really? Let's say ten. Okay, ten. I'll say ten. Ten. Okay, you say ten? Yeah, ten. I, I will say that I will point out that in this uh, podcast, uh, uh, these uh, two gentlemen uh, took great pleasure in say in, re- in reiterating over and over again that you thought the iPad market would never take off. 
Yeah, I did that. Yeah. But it's it's I find that to be kind of mean and I get a little defensive when people do that. Because of all the predictions you've made between oh, I've written over five thousand columns and there's probably a thousand predictions in there and there's about six of them. Yeah. Well actually yeah, maybe ten. But I I'll s I can only document about four. There's the and and I don't count the mouse one because that was never a prediction. That's bull crap. That should that was a creation of of other people. But I did predict the. <laughs> it, it, uh, it was an, it was an unfortunate one. I mean, you know how this goes. You can't live it, it, it wasn't, down. It, I never did it. That's you, the, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I never you, made that prediction. It's bull crap. Yeah, I know. I you did can, predict yeah. the failure of the iPad and the iPhone for that matter. So that's two. Nobody ever calls me out on my prediction that the Panasonic two and a half inch drive would be a huge success. Totally wrong. It never happened because the thing never worked. Um, Wait, are you giving us all your failures now? All your I'm the only ones that come out the top of my head. Um, how, about, how about what you called correctly? Outside of the show because, you know, the red book is too Oh, I mean, there's all vast. kinds of stuff. Linux on the Apple, the Intel on the Mac platform. I mean, there's a million things. Oh, yeah. But they don't count. That doesn't count. Everyone harps on the the, the iPhone one was the big mistake. But that, there was a, I can actually rationalize that so it doesn't concern me. Because I never got to see the thing in advance. Everybody who was saying it's going to be great saw they had the one in their hands. And when I f- got a hold of the first iPhone, I said, hell, this is a great idea. Yeah. And I was completely wrong. So yeah. no, but but- I excused myself on that one. The iPad one, there's no excuses. Uh, it was just a, a misprediction, and I'm I still don't use pads myself. So maybe from I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm losing my touch. You're not a, you're not a pad man. No, I'm not a pad man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not either, honestly. I I mean, I have that big phone. I like that. The big phone is pretty cool, but I I can't I can't deal with the you know it's got to fit in my pocket or kind of fit in my pocket. They're heavy too. These pads. Yeah. But wow. anyway, no, I, I just don't, I mean, I, I've played with them, I've had, you know, and I said, this is cool, and I watch stuff on them, and they're, they're kind of a nice toy, I have to say, but it's just like, you know, when I want to deal with a computer, I'd rather sit down and, and with, at a big how, desktop. How about, the, how about the, the Newton? What did you say about the Newton? Oh, the Newton, I fell. <laughs> did, did you fall, did you fall for that one? Huh? Well, that's probably one of the reasons I didn't think much of the pad idea. The Newton was a huge flop because it, it its main claim to fame was that oh, we're going to do handwriting, handwriting recognition, recognition. <laughs> and it didn't do anything. It couldn't even get anywhere. It was terrible. I went to Boston for that first release. I flew to Boston to be in line to get the first Newton, and I, I remember sitting on the ground in a circle with other idiots, and uh, we were, like, uh, sending handwritten messages to each other. Oh, here's my contact. Remember that? And you'd have to aim it like, oh, you're not aiming it oh, right. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. <laughs> the Palm, when it came out, it had a bunch of these kinds of, you could exchange cards and uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. And I think that's kind of the near-field communication bumping yeah. is also that kind of element to it where people, you want my, you want a copy of my MP3? Bump. <laughs> clam bumper. Yeah, clam. <laughs> that's what we're going to call it, clam bumping. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. Glad to get the show off the off the off the ground here. And in the morning, to all ships and sea boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and also the knights and dames out there. Yeah, and in the morning to all of our artists. Thank you very much, Thorin, for the artwork on episode four nine or one. No agenda, is where you can find all of our art. And in the morning to you, there chat room. 
uh, freaking out over the. I, they, everyone's so happy now. We're going to accept Bitcoin as donation. For what's next? Flatter? <laughs> you never know. Flatter could be on the way. Uh, in the chat room there, noagendastream.com, uh, noagendachat.net. Thank you very much. Void Zero, Sir Gitmo, uh, Mr. Oil for keeping us on the air. That's highly appreciated. And um, can we, you want to go right into uh, producers? We can just keep moving on. Oh, uh, well. I think it's a short list today. It looks short. If you can stall for a minute while I actually Why, open yes, up. I can. How'd I do? That was terrible. So okay, our, uh, so we have a couple <laughs> producers I want to thank, executive producers. Two. couple, when I say couple, I mean two. There's two. Two. Uh, Mark Wilson, I sent, uh, J.C., um, I don't know why we don't have Mark Wilson is a knight today. Mark Wilson gave us six hundred dollars, and uh, he did have a note, which he unfortunately. By the way, all a lot of these new guys are coming along, and they can't seem to figure out how to put the note into the. Um, yeah, well, it, it's it's not automatic. You have to click a little expand box um, when you when you're on PayPal and PayPal. For all it's good, it really does suck. I mean, wait until we do Bitcoin. Hey, I sent my Bitcoin donation with 29532 uppercase 712929429. All right, here. I got an idea. We, we can change, we can modify the, the bet and the whole thing. If we don't get five Bitcoin donations in the next 60 days, we kill it. And the other bet, forget it. We won't do it. I don't want to bet on anything. I just want to pay my rent. All right. Well, anyway, Mark Wilson, who's a knight today, gave us six hundred bucks. He did send a note in, but it's just mostly as uh, he's in he's in Glasgow. Well, where's the note? It's right. I'm looking at, it, but it's just his accounting for for his oh, knight. Oh, okay. I was not okay. Good. Well, good. And it's good. ring size and the stuff that we there's no reason to ring, but he does ask for karma. Well, he's going to get some right now, and he will have a knighting ceremony later on in the show. You've got karma. And then we have our associate executive producer, $200, and that's the end of it, anonymous. <laughs> he doesn't even want to admit to watching the, or listening to the show. <laughs> Q Gardens, New York, says he just wants some job karma and an LGY for an upcoming interview. All right, job karma coming your way and an LGY. You've got karma. Wow! There you go. And that's it? And that's that. Yeah, that's all we got. And now for our Bitcoin segment. <laughs> All right, people, please. We will uh, we will put our Bitcoin uh, number uh, at the website. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And uh, what we'll do is the, uh, I'm going to keep a tally, and the minute it comes in, I'm, I'm exchanging that quickly. Because that's what I'm afraid of, is we'll just have it sitting around, and then all of a sudden it goes from $33 to 2 Two cents. Yeah, whatever. It could it, it could happen. It could it should happen. Are you kidding? Well, this is the whole this is the whole argument. Is that you know, people are saying you don't understand free market economics. I said <laughs> what are they talking about? There's nothing <laughs> there's no there there. <laughs> well apparently it's not I, like you're buying a share of General Motors. I think the idea is that because there's a limited supply and now and this is exactly what I said, because there's a hype around it, people are talking about it, now people want them. Yeah, that is supply and demand. I get that. But when people have all these Bitcoins, and like, well, I can only buy like some virtual gold for my, you know, my Farmville or whatever. 
I'm hungry. Like, hey, hey, I'm hungry. You know, I want, I want a, I want some mac and cheese. You know, I, I can't get that, and I have to like go buy a green money bundle, and then the green money bundle translates to a PayPal, and then the PayPal I have to send back to my bank, and then I finally have the money. This is not very convenient. This is my problem with it. But people say, I have faith. I have faith, and we've, we've shown it. So anyway, uh, please go to Dvorak.org slash NA, NoAgendaNation.com. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, NoAgendaShow.com, obviously. NoAgendaShow.com and ChannelDvorak.com slash NA. Yeah, but Dvorak.org slash NA is really the place to go. Uh, continue to support this value-for-value value model. It's, uh, it's extremely, uh, extremely important um, so that we can continue doing what we do, which we do thoroughly enjoy. Uh, as long as we can continue to uh, to live. <laughs> Bas- yes. Basic life, that's all that it is. Now, of course, you can always go out and you can uh, do something important like, oh, I don't know, propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Dad, do, do we want to get straight into legislation or do something else? Because you got all, I mean, because you know, we we tease and I want to pay off on the promise that we're going to look at this new Ministry of Peace. Um, oh, yeah, we got to do that. Let's do the Ministry of Peace right off the bat. I want to hear about that myself. Okay. Because I didn't, you know, I let, I let it go. I said, well, you got to cover. So I'm not, I looked at it. I looked at the, you know, their, their proposals, but I didn't want to dig too much because I'm sure you got, you've already <laughs> yeah, because done all the work and we don't like to be redundant, the no. two of us. It's also like, it's uh, 41 pages of legislation. So first, hi, we, everybody. Hi, everybody. That's, uh, that's hi, everybody. Um, so this came through uh, last week. It is um, HR 808 which, by the way, is also a very powerful uh, sequence of numbers. And it has been uh, deposited, um, I think there's now, uh, who? Oh, I forgot, I have to look up last week's show notes or Thursday's show notes. What was the resolution number again? Uh, HR 808, uh, known as the uh, the Department of Peacebuilding Act of 2013. Um, and this already has a, a number of, um, of sponsors, and it, it starts off with findings. You know, any good... And, and so this is what's interesting. Findings. Findings. So these things have been... I mean, people spend a lot of time writing this. Congress finds the following. On July 4th, 1776... <laughs> they started early. <laughs> the Second Continental Congress unanimously declared the independence of the 13 colonies and the achievement of peace was recognized as one of the highest duties of the new organization of free and independent states by declaring, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable, unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness." So I didn't hear the word peace in there at all. But okay. Uh, Two, the Constitution of the United States of America in its preamble further sets forth. So this is all building up to prove that we need a ministry of peace. Um, Further sets forth the insurance of the cause of peace in stating, quote, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. 
So somehow that equates to peace, which I don't think is the definition of peace. <laughs> no. Now, here's the, here's the important finding. During the course of the 20th century, more than 100 million people perished in wars. And now, at the dawn of the 21st century, so this was uh, apparently uh, written a while ago, violence seems to be an overarching theme in the world. Oh, it's only is is that true, John? Is there only violence in the world? Encompass- That's what it sounds like from this document. Yeah, the United States has been at war over the past decade with six thousand six hundred members of the armed but forces. Whose fault is that? <laughs> and hundreds of thousands of civilians estimated to have been killed in the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan. Gun violence continues to be a public health epidemic. <laughs> Yeah, so are drones, okay? In the United States and globally, every year, 300,000 people are killed by gun violence around the world. In the United States, 100,000 people are shot each year in murders, assaults, suicides, and suicide attempts, accidents, and police actions. They don't really break it down. But by the way, I feel if you want to shoot yourself, I think that's your right. Do we have to have laws against suicide now? Is there a, we do have laws against suicide. Are you? Is it against the law to kill yourself? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You, if I want to kill myself, that's my business. No. <laughs> what law? What law tells me I can't kill myself? You can't just kill yourself. Yes, I can. It's against the law. <laughs> what you can <law>? be arrested. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Well, at least we're making the same point. All right. No, but the, no. There's a law again. You cannot. It's against the law to kill yourself. What law? What? Mainly because I'll tell you why. What the deal? Here's the reason. If you want to know the rationale, if I was a you know a lawmaker, I would yes, tell you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Please. You can't have people killing themselves because half the time they're unsuccessful. It's a public nuisance. They got to be hauled to the hospital. They jump off a bridge. It causes traffic accidents. All kinds of issues around the process. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's not annoying. A mess, and it's it's against the law to kill yourself. I'm not saying it's not annoying. No, but, it's against the law. But it's, it is the law. <laughs> well, you have to show me the law. Otherwise, it, you would you would just shoot. You would just why, that's why you can't have uh, assisted suicides. It's against the law everywhere. No, that's assisted suicide. That's someone else is. is so you. No, they're just someone, helping. You. They're not killing you. No, 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 no. That's very different. That's very no, different. No, it's against the law. Look okay. it up. Yes. Look it up. Yeah, you look it up. No, uh, I already looked. I already know. Oh well, you're such a law-abiding citizen then. So I'll remind I, you when you I, want to kill I, yourself. Myself. When you want to kill yourself. It would be impossible to do the show. It, it would be difficult. All right, so onward. Uh, we must address multiple causes of this public health epidemic by reinstating the ban on assault weapons, prohibiting high-capacity magazines, improving mental health services, supporting comprehensive violence prevention efforts, establishing a federal gun buyback program, and enforcing existing laws by investing in our law enforcement agencies to help get guns off the streets. This is about gun control no, again. It's, no, it's not. That is that is for people who only read the first three pages. Like, um, I don't know, most news organizations. Although I haven't heard anyone talk about this bill on television. Personal violence, you see, personal violence, has great human and financial costs. You see, we've got to break it down to money. If we can't equate it to money or Bitcoin, then you don't need a law about it. 
A 2004 World Health Organization report estimates that interpersonal violence within the United States costs approximately $300 billion annually, not including war-related costs. So outside of the people that we kill in other countries, just the people we're killing and violence that we're doing in, inside our, our, our own country apparently costs $300 billion. And they break that down uh, to, I think it's $15,000 per human resource per year. So this makes it personal. Like, hey, man, it's costing me money when you kill yourself. In 1999, the United Nations adopted a program of action on a culture of peace. Yeah, how did that work out? In 2001, oh, the United Nations declared the years 2001 through 2010 an international decade for a culture of peace and nonviolence for the children of the world. Well, I mean, this literally is war is peace. 2001, you couldn't pick a better date to start with the peace uh, campaign all the way through 2010. So then they get down to, they break it down to the $15,000 per taxpayer. Violence prevention is cost effective. For every dollar spent in violence prevention and peace building, many lives and many dollars are saved. Peace building is systemic and is an issue of health, human rights, justice, and national security. Now, how are we going to go about this? Well, first of all, the Earth Charter calls upon all people to live in the right relationship to the Earth and all beings. Are you familiar with the Earth Charter? What's this got to do with it? Yeah, well, it's the, it's the Earth. Don't you love Mother Earth? That's Agenda 21, the Earth Charter. The Earth Charter provides the following. To move forward, we must recognize that in the midst of a magnificent diversity of cultures and life forms, we are one human family and one Earth community with a common destiny. We must join together to bring forth a sustainable global society founded on respect for nature, universal human rights, Economic justice, very important. Economic justice and a culture of peace. What does economic justice mean? That means communism, I think. Yeah, I think so. So, hereby... Cheap bail bonds. All right. (laughs) Cheap bail bonds. Affordable bail bonds. So now, we got to do something about this. So, establishment, hereby, and the passing of this uh, resolution as a law, we will establish the Department of Peacebuilding. That shall be a department in the executive branch of the federal government. We shall have a secretary of peace building. There shall be at the head of the department of a department, a secretary of peace building who shall be appointed by the president with the advice and consent of the Senate. So this is a uh, this is like on equal footing with the Department of Homeland Security or any other. It's going to be equal. Along with this, uh, this uh, department will invest in non-governmental organizations that have implemented successful initiatives to reduce and prevent violence, both internationally and domestically. But uh, here's the most important things that the uh, the Secretary of Peacebuilding will do. The Secretary will consult with private, public, and non-governmental organizations to develop a metric model that provides the means to measure and report progress towards peace. We will have a peaceometer in the United States. Uh, report to the President, Congress, and the people of the United States and issue reports on such progress manually. What a crock of crap. Well, here's the most uh, important. It sounds like a money grab of some sort. we got to start well, an here, organization. Well, no, no, well, no, here it comes. The organization is the Peace Academy. Oh, the Peace Academy. Yes, let me tell you about the Peace Academy. Okay, that's the kick. That's the <laughs> kicker. Yeah, well, of course, it's at the end. Hold on a second. 
Uh, oh, by the way, the, the, the Secretary of Peace will also be on the National Security Council. We'll, you know, we'll have uh, weekly meetings with Janet Napolitano. Uh, they have human security responsibilities. Uh, the security, uh, the secretary shall address and offer nonviolent conflict. This is great. Nonviolent conflict resolution strategies and suggest resources for unarmed civilian peacekeepers to the appropriate relevant parties on issues of human security. So they're talking about creating resources for an unarmed civilian peacekeeping force to work on nonviolent conflict resolution inside the United States. Oh, by the way, there are also media-related responsibilities. The Secretary shall seek assistance in the design and implementation of nonviolent policies from media professionals. Maybe we can get in on that. That sounds like a job for the Curry de yeah. Consulting Group. We, yeah, uh, the, sec- the Secretary shall study the role of the media in the escalation and de-escalation of conflict at domestic and international levels, including the role of fear-inducing and hate-inducing speech and actions, and will make recommendations to, recommendations to professional media organizations in order to provide opportunities to create media awareness of peace-building initiatives. How awesome is that? They're going to basically tell the media what to do. And here it is, educational responsibilities. The secretary saw with the support of and consultation with the United States Institute of Peace. Oh, did you know that that existed, the United States Institute of Peace? Yeah, no, we've talked about the Institute of Peace before. We've had clips from the Institute of Peace. Well, with the USIP, uh, the secretary shall develop a peace education curriculum. That includes studies of the civil rights movement in the United States. So they can just send the, uh, the Lincoln DVD. And throughout the world, with special emphasis on the role of nonviolence and how individual endeavor and involvement have contributed to advancements in peace and justice. And then create school and community cultures where students and staff do not feel threatened and are free from bullying and harassment. <laughs> Uh, this will maintain a public website to solicit and receive ideas for the development of peace from the wealth of politically, socially, and cultural diverse public, and create and establish a peace academy that shall be modeled after the military service academies. So let me just bring, bring, give that to you one more time. We're going to create and establish a peace academy that will be modeled after the military service academies. Yeah. I mean, that hurts my head. It will provide a four-year... I mean, that's like... So it'll be like the war, guys, only it'll be for peace. And it will provide a four-year course of instruction in peace education, after which graduates will be required to serve five years in public service in programs dedicated to domestic or international nonviolent conflict resolution, which is that unarmed force, the brown shirts, ladies and gentlemen. This is the creation of the brown shirt army. Could be. Could be. The Peace Academy. Don't you find it? Yeah. Well, but here's what's interesting to me because I'm doing some work here while you Yeah, of talk course. To that's, me, that's how we roll. Is they, what, don't you think it's a weird coincidence that the Peace Academy is a name that already exists for a series, including one there in Austin, Texas. Really? Of Islamic schools. <laughs> Really? Yeah, Islamic K through 12s. <laughs> and they're all called the Peace Academy. The Peace Academy in Austin, Texas is a is an is a madras. Wait a minute. <laughs> the peace Wait a minute. 
Does someone already have the URL? No, there's a bunch of different URLs for these different places. Because it would have to be peaceacademy.gov. Here's the Peace Academy in Louisville is us2biba.com. Peaceacademy.us I have here. Who's this? Let's see Try Peace Academy Austin and see what their URL is. Oh, Teachers Without Borders, National Police Academy, Peace Academy. Oh, so, peace, I mean, yeah, yeah not peace, police. Exactly, peace. National Peace Academy takes a holistic approach to the development of the peace builder. What is this stuff about NPA, about us? Who is this? Where peace builders go to grow. I want to grow. Who makes this? Who owns this? Well, that's, uh, that's a National, good question. Ugh, NPA's on, and this, it doesn't say. Oh, this is so frightening. Uh, how about .gov? Policeacademy.gov. Police. Peace Academy. Peaceacademy.gov. Let's see. Who owns that? Let's oh, see it's a parking page. Okay. Well, they're not ready for us yet. Okay. Uh, well, the way these work, these are the apacademy.org. That's the Austin. Mm -hmm. Austin, P-A-C-E-A-D-A-P-Academy.org. I don't know what the P is for. Oh, Austin Peace. Okay, AustinPeaceAcademy.org is theirs. It's the, accredited by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. Thank you for your your support and duos. <laughs> duos? I don't know. I, I'm familiar with some of these terms, but not that one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa Dear parents of the, it has a, some Arabic thing here. And what what um, website are you looking at? I'm looking at apacademy.org, which is your the one right down the street from you. I should go visit. Pay attention. <laughs> wow! All the girls are covered head to toe, not head to toe, just. Their faces are, are visible. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. Oh, all right. Well, that looks pretty groovy. This is in Austin? Yeah. Who's on the board? Oh, it's a charter school. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, that's what the, yeah, charter school. Ha. Uh-huh. Well, so you can kind of do what you want. Seems, this seems kind of, seems, it doesn't seem like a big problem. It's not a problem. I'm just telling you, there's a there's a problem for the branding. Yeah, the branding is a real problem. I mean, I it looks like peaceacademy.gov is a parking page, which makes no sense. Um, not for the government. Anyway, the uh, uh, the Department of Peacebuilding will also serve as a depository for copies of all contracts, agreements, and treaties that address the reduction and elimination of nuclear weapons and other weapons of mass destruction and the protection of space from militarization. That was kind of interesting. And then we'll also have an Office of Human Rights and Economic Rights. This is what I was curious about, the uh, economic rights. Um, the uh, Assistant Secretary for Human Rights and Economic Rights shall assist the Secretary in consultation with the Secretary of State in furthering the incorporation of the principles of human rights as enunciated in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights by the United Nations General Assembly in 1948. So it's it's basically a New World Order thing. Yeah, no kidding. And but I found the uh, the Peace Academy to be very um, disturbing, and that this that, that you know, and then you're in the academy, 
and, and you know, and and you, and you know, of course, you uh, are uh, admitted into the academy if you know if you have nowhere else to go, and that's why you have to spend five years in special service afterwards. So you you know you're down and out. You get picked up. You get you know you get taught how to keep the peace as a peacekeeper and peace builder, and then you actually do that it's for just five a years. Load of garbage. Okay. Well, I'm worried that these things will happen. This, you know, so today we celebrate 10 years of the Department of Homeland Security. In 10 years from now, will we be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Department of Peacebuilding? Yeah, probably uh, while we're being attacked. <laughs> uh, we will also, uh, the Secretary will encourage citizens, citizens to observe and celebrate the blessings of peace and endeavor to create peace on peace days. Such days shall include discussions of the professional activities and achievements in the lives of peacemakers. Happy mm. pe- Happy Peace Day, John. Happy Peace Day to you. <laughs> Would you like a piece of pie? <laughs> happy Peace Day, everybody. Let's talk about the lives and the important work of peace builders. I love when the blue helmets come to keep the peace. I feel safe. I love seeing some brown shirts walking around the streets because I feel safe. As long as I have my ID with me, I'm all good. Happy Peace Day. <laughs> Sounds happy, like a good ad. Happy, well, I'm, I'm auditioning all the time. Oh, these people, why don't they get it? We're really good at this stuff. Yeah, no, it's true. And then just repeat after your president. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Just repeat after your president. It's not hard. So, uh, okay, well, I was hoping for more out of that. but Really? You didn't? I thought the Peace Academy was the big deal for me, the anti-gun thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have made something up. You should have. (laughs) (laughs) You should have made something up. I mean, it was one one tidbit away. Yeah. Well, I I can't make it up. I think it would be like... If you had found some, it turns out that they were, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, have I just, no idea. It's, I, just, it's just not there. I'm so, okay. Okay. Well, then let me, let me make up. An eye, here's what I think. If you, cause you're, you already got your eye yeah. glued to this thing. Yeah. yeah. Something's going to happen. Let me make it up to you with a clip from Maxine Waters. Oh, well, that's, that brings it, that, that's always a 10 pointer. Okay. No matter so, what she says. So, so. Of course, we are now in official USA for austerity mode. We have austerity now in the United States. Mac um, and cheese. Well, we'll get the mac and cheese in a moment. But we have austerity. And, uh, of course, we still have to frighten the uh, the citizens about how incredibly scary this is uh, that no one can get their, their, their crap together. Of course, this could change in one second. It's just the elites just messing with us. So here's ABC, just to give you a little, uh, uh, a little taste of what we're feeling here in Gitmo Nation uh, of the United States. This is uh, their uh, promo for Deadline Day. Deadline Day, hours now until massive government cuts go into effect that could impact every American. Jobs vaporized, flights delayed, even criminals walking free. The president <laughs> And Congress now blaming each other. Jobs vaporizing, criminals walking free, the walking dead rise and walk on the streets. Unbelievable. Now here's These Maxine. People have their nerve. Well, here's Maxine Waters, and she's you know this jobs vaporizing. She figures now now this is a good thing for me to scare the American public with. So this is a video. You can see this video in the show notes four nine or two dot nashownotes.com. And she's there with her staff behind her at her little lectern there talking about 
The sequestration is not good. We should not be doing the sequestration. Sequestration takes place. That's going to be a great setback. We don't need uh, to be um, having something like sequestration that's going to um, cause these job losses over 170 million jobs. 170 million jobs, John. 170. <laughs> Okay, before we go any further, <laughs> just play Clip of the Week, because what an idiot. Clip of the I just got to hear it again. Uh, cause these job losses, over 170 million jobs that could be lost. <laughs> 100, we don't even have 170 million people working. Everyone's out of a job. <laughs> 170 million. And she says this on the floor of Congress and nobody nudges her and says, hey, hey, idiot. She, she's literally just standing there. And she, but she's reading. You know, it, prob it probably said 170,000. Yeah, the number think, of zeros is. I think it's. You know, it's, it's just, having something like secret. But I also like how she says she mispronounces sequestration. You don't need uh, to be. Um, Having something like sequestration. Sequestration. <laughs> Ryan sequestration. We'll we need Ryan sequestration. Don't. It's that's going horrible. to uh, it's just cause horrible. these job losses over 170 million. Ryan sequestration, everybody, with American Idol. How you doing? What an idiot. I mean, it's okay. I mean, you can make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. Of course, you have to. But, you know, then you're just... It's kind of a whopper, though. Yeah, but, I mean, she's, she, it's, so she's obviously just a shill. A huge shill. And doesn't, she doesn't, she not, doesn't give a crap about what she's saying. She just wants, as long as she can stay in the game. And then, so, our president... Now, everyone, of course, was, was uh, uh, talking about the fact that... Uh, and this was... This, I have to say, it was kind of bad when you know you have kind of a young hit president, and he he can't, he makes a, a mistake. I can see where the mistake comes from, but he confuses the Jedi mind trick with the Vulcan mind meld. And so, of course, that's the news. It's like and no one can talk about yeah. anything else. It's like, oh, 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 Leonard Nimoy, uh, yeah, live longer. That's oh, modern, that's the news. Yeah. That's the news. But there's a couple things in here. I mean, um, that's what I think should only be on this show. What do you mean? Well, I mean that kind of thing. The catching these 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 blunders is perfect for this show. It's nothing. It's not. It's just as a kind of a side. Just a one second side gag. Right. Right. It's and, not like you don't get obsessed by it. And meanwhile, words really do matter. They. Re I think they they really do matter. And I just because I, I watched the entire news conference where he said that. Um, and this came from the following question from the CNN girl. Mr. President, to your question, what could you do? First of all, couldn't you just have them down here and refuse to let them leave the room until you have a deal? Is that a crazy question, by the way? Can the president not do that? I mean, he can do whatever he wants, can't he? I mean, he can't. He just shoot her. <laughs> Why? Is that a dumb question? The question she asked? Yeah. I don't think it's that dumb. No, but can the president... I mean, he can. I mean, he's the president. He can decide to kill someone with a drone. So, you know, the, for for the question to be, well, can't you just tell, you know, the members of Congress, you know, come to my office and I'm locking the door until we figure this out? I think that's kind of a, a yes. I think he could do that. Uh, you, you, you know, and then listen to his answer. And yeah, listen, yeah, 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 but yeah. listen very carefully. The, uh, I mean, Jessica, I. I 
I am not uh, a, a dictator. I'm the president. So he sounds like he's remorseful. Kind of an answer is that. But listen to what he says. He says, "I'm not a dictator. I'm like I'm only a president." It sounds like he's remorseful. I, I, yeah, I, I listen, can see listen, the listen. You may, I am you not uh, a, a, a dictator. I'm the president. So, <laughs> meaning there's so who is the? I mean, he's the president. So who is the dictator? Who is the dictator? Is that Valerie Jarrett? <laughs> if she, <laughs> if he said the, yeah, I think that would have worked. <sighs> who is who is the dictator of the United States of America? Now, anyway, so you know, we get in this whole sequestration thing, and he does what I feel is just about the lowest thing possible. The lowest of all lows. So if you're going to say, okay, so how are we going to feel this, Mr. President? Um, now, um, the sequestration, the, the Ryan sequestration hits uh, budget code 050. Now, I, I really looked into this because I'm interested. And uh, 050 is a national defense. So that's pretty much everything war. Uh, all things war on citizens outside the United States and inside. It's just war. It's a, the whole war machine. Uh, and that is what is being cut for 2013. Nothing, no other services for 2013. 14, 15, 16, 17, it starts to be divided. But for 13, it's only 050. It's very important. So it's only the military, not anything else. So it's not teachers at your local school. If anyone says that, it's a lie because I read the document. You know, It's a very complicated document. But Section 251 of the Ryan Sequestration Act 251A, that's where the Office of Management and Budget has laid out exactly what will be cut. So it's like $500 billion um, for uh, uh, budget code 050. So, for 10 years. Yeah, over 10, yeah, but it starts in 2013 only yeah. for the military. So the president can't say, oh, well, your firefighters, you know, your teachers and your local communities this year, it's going to happen right now. He can't say that. So he's going to go even lower than whale poop. Uh, I'll just give you an example. Um, the Department of Defense right now has to figure out how the children of military families uh, are going to uh, continue uh, with their schooling over the next several months because teachers at these army bases are typically civilians. They are therefore subject to furlough, which means that they may not be able to teach. This is a stretch. It's like, let me, let me, okay, i got to get the teachers and kids on army bases uh, one day a week. And the yeah, kids... What? And, and we always have to remember that this cuts are only cuts of the proposed higher budget. Yeah, no, of course. So they still have the same money they had last year. Yeah. But Probably so, plus a little extra. No, but somehow it's going to, they're getting a furlough, which is derived from the Dutch word furlof, which means day off, uh, one day a week. Which, of course, would be great because that would actually give the kids on the army bases an opportunity to learn something, go out into the world and not be uh, programmed by whatever crap they're being taught there by these teachers on the base. Now, I expect that we'll be able to manage around it. Oh. But... How can you manage around it? I thought this was across-the-board cuts. What do you mean we can wussy this? Now, this is already starting to smell. If I'm a if I'm a uh, a man or woman or in uniform in Afghanistan right now. Oh yeah, that's how you want to do it. You want to like let's pour the guilt on. Okay, we've got our men, women in uniform, and they're fighting for our freedom against the ugly Al Qaeda in Afghanistan. And you and now you're gonna put Let worry put worry into their hearts. 
the notion that my spouse back home is having to worry about whether or not uh, our kids are getting the best education possible, the notion that my school for my yeah. children on an Army base might be disrupted because Congress didn't act, that's an impact. Now, may- well, that, now this was supposed to be 7%, John? Yeah. But that family will. You know, the, uh, the uh, Border Patrol agents who are out there in the hot sun uh, doing what Congress said they're supposed to be doing. Like checking for fruit flies and uh, harassing you. Finding out hot, is it the hot sun on the Vancouver border with uh, <laughs> yes. yes, yes, that's the hot sun part. Huh. Finding out suddenly that they're getting a ten percent pay cut. Oh, ten percent pay cut. How does that work? <laughs> it's seven. Sounds like they're gouging him. <laughs> having to go home and explain that to their families. I don't think they feel like this is an exaggerated impact. So then uh, he's talking about he had. So- like, this is classic. Yeah, no, but it's You've seen this bull crap before. I find. And it, by the way, mm-hmm. Friday when this whole thing was, you know, okay, no one's going to do anything. Stock market goes up, pretty much a new all time high. Yeah, fourteen thousand plus, right? Yeah. So I, what does that tell you? Well, it means Bitcoin is uh, good. Yeah, it's good for to, to for another week. Um, I think that. Obama one here's the here's the report just to jump to this one play the clip this is the clip from the from uh from uh French 24 um uh, Van Cat the uh Obama signs paperwork and I mean if Obama didn't want to do this if he wasn't all in on this and it was his idea to begin with and then he did gladly sign the paperwork he must have seen it like this Wow, I get to finally cut the military budget. These guys are out of control. I'm going to cut the military budget, and I'm going to blame the Republicans. This is a win-win for everyone as far as he's concerned. Why didn't he just not sign this document? Play the, the clip as wraps it up from the French perspective. There were supposed to be cuts that would be so severe, they'd force the government to come to a decision on its budget. But on Friday, U.S. President Barack Obama signed into effect $85 billion of spending cuts after months of discussions failed to find a way to avoid them. Both domestic and defence spending is taking a huge hit, and Obama is warning it could damage the U.S. economy. He's also pointing the finger of blame firmly on Republicans. Yeah. Right. So if anything, so here's what he put, he put himself in a position. He got to cut the budget. He, he, by the <laughs> way, when he began, he said he wanted to cut the military budget. It was out of control. So he manages to cut the military budget. Not a big cut, but it's a cut. Yeah. Set himself up to not be the bad, even though it's all his idea, not be the bad guy. He signed off on it. Now he can blame the Republicans if things go go bad. And yeah. if things go well, he'll take all the credit. You want, you know, I, I was a good. It was, of course, it was my idea. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely as a politician genius. here. I think he's played genius. this very well. I think it's very. I think it's genius. Yeah, because it's a no lose for him. But here's the thing: Did you hear his uh, his little, you know, his little talk? Yeah. Where, as, yeah. No. His uh, his uh, his weekly address, where it's not it's not even Republicans. It's Republicans in Congress. Yeah, well, play the play the. Here's I have a I have a cut at a certain spot, and then I continue it because there's a, something he says in this speech that goes. I go, what 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 could this possibly this a be? Scare tactics. Yeah, scare tactics. Yeah. Now it's important to understand that while not everyone will feel the pain of these cuts right away, the pain will be real. Many middle class families <laughs> yeah. will have their lives disrupted mm. in a significant way. 
Beginning this week, businesses that work with the military will have to lay folks off. Communities near military bases will take a serious blow. Hundreds of thousands of Americans who serve their country, border patrol agents, FBI agents, civilians who work for the Defense Department, will see their wages cut and their hours reduced. This will cause a ripple effect across the economy. Businesses will suffer because customers will have less money to spend. The longer these cuts remain in place, the greater the damage. Economists estimate they could eventually cost us more than 750,000 jobs and slow our economy by over one half of 1%. Here's the thing. None of this is necessary. It's happening because Republicans in Congress chose this outcome over closing a single wasteful tax loophole that helps reduce the deficit. Yeah, what is that single wasteful tax loop? I think what he, I think it, this is another example. He does this. We, we caught him saying something similar, uh, I think in the last show where it sounds like he's saying one thing, but he's actually saying another because if there is no single, he does, I think he does it on purpose. He makes it sound as though uh, there's a single thing. There's one single little loophole. <laughs> These crummy Republicans wouldn't close. <laughs> the, the crummy Republicans in Congress. In Congress, they wouldn't close this one. But when you parse it, he's actually saying, and I think he does this on purpose because I've noticed it before. We've done, we've done tough stuff on this before. Yeah. What he's really saying is they wouldn't close even – he left the word out – even one single thing amongst a, a plethora of things. Right. They wouldn't even do one thing. But the way it comes across is though they wouldn't do this one thing, which was minor, and if they had done this one thing, then all would be well. And I think he – I'm totally convinced now because we've heard this way too often that he's doing this on purpose to make it sound – because it makes it even more – it really makes you hate the Republicans because of this one, this one crummy thing is all they had to do. And you'd think that the second – that he'd follow up with what this crummy thing was. And so when you play the second part of this right at that point – Part two, there's no explanation of this one thing. Just this week, they decided that protecting special interest tax breaks for the well-off and well-connected is more important than protecting our military and middle-class families from these cuts. <laughs> I still believe we can and must replace these cuts with a balanced approach, one that combines smart spending cuts with entitlement reform and changes to our tax code that make it more fair for families and businesses without raising anyone's tax rates. All right, you That's can how stop we can it. reduce our debt. So, uh, so Essentially, when they did this deal to begin with, they've already compromised on that, and they already raised the tax. They're going to raise them again? So how come, um, if this is so bad for the military-industrial complex, why is Raytheon up uh, from $53 uh, a month ago to, uh, you know, like $55 now? Why is everything going up? Why is it all going up? At Raytheon, you think that they'd be impacted. <laughs> yeah. It's bull crap is how about, why it's going up, and these guys all know it. How about Boeing? You know, it's like uh, yeah, this is again a game that we're not in. Where's this? You know, if the stocks had crashed on Friday, the market gone into the tank. Then yeah, okay, well this wasn't a good thing, but it didn't. It went up. Yeah, Boeing's and I up. Think it's going to continue to go up for a while. It's not going to crash under any circumstances because this is a bogus. Yeah. This whole thing is bull crap. Boeing, Boeing's up, and uh, and they half their planes suck. <laughs> you mean the plastic ones? Yeah, only the, well, of course, only the that's half. Only the plastic planes are no good. Sheet metal or river, it's rock. But they're up. Everybody's up. There's a bonanza. 
Donations? Moi. Yeah, the, the only thing that's going. Obama's right. We're getting killed here. Well, here, here, of course. Org slash na please. Time for our segment. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. So, so I, I don't know what it is. Somehow we ride on the consciousness of uh, of the universe, but. Yeah, and maybe it's maybe it is because you know we we bought a three speed bike and now you see three speed bikes riding around everywhere, but I just can't get away from it now. Oprah Winfrey opens up about the time she was depressed and scarfed down thirty pounds of mac and cheese. Okay, so that's yeah. Oprah Winfrey. But now, if we if we had a story about mac and cheese in a cup in a mug on NPR on Thursday. Oh, but they're not stopping. Oh, no, no, no. Let's return to something we've been chewing on from an earlier story in our On the Run series. In Monday's report, Araceli Flores made this observation. I could buy a box of macaroni and cheese for a dollar. A bunch of bananas will cost me over a dollar. Strawberries are four dollars. A bag of apples is going to cost me five dollars. I mean, way more pricier to buy vegetables and fruits than it is to buy boxed food. Yes, it's true. The guy you heard at the end there is Barry Popkin. He's a nutritionist and economist at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. He explained why that's true. Now, notice in this report, you will not hear anyone say, it's probably better to uh, eat the fruit. <laughs> this right, is- <laughs> than a box. This isn't even real cheese. This is no, well, actually, the cheapest, the cheapest a classic garbage. Well, here it is. We have a processed package food industry, which is enormously efficient. It takes a little bit of wheat. It takes a little bit of artificial cheese. It uses lots of chemicals, flavors, <laughs> and it makes these magical, tasty foods. Dinner! <laughs> How is this guy a spokesman? Well, he's the nutritionist. I don't understand him through his lisp. Well, well, he's going to tell you why this is so much better to have some wheat, some artificial cheese, and some chemicals. Are going to defend this? (laughs) Kind of. That are very inexpensive. It's inexpensive. Ken says mac and cheese also beats out fresh food when you factor in other costs to the consumer like labor and time. So here it is. Time. Are you see, kidding me? No, no. And a clip of the day. If you didn't have the Maxine Waters clip, but this is the NPR telling you that it's obvious why we like mac and cheese and why we want more People of it. Should be ashamed of themselves. So one, it's only one dollar, and you can't even get a banana for a dollar. The time it takes to cook a mac and cheese is very short. <laughs> It's it 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 cu- cooks in the microwave and, and it fills you up. The t- and it fills you up. Time it takes to cut up the strawberries, to cut up the fruit, to to make it easy. It adds time. It takes so it long. Time. You're eating mac and cheese. You got nothing but time on your hands. You're kidding. <laughs> I got no time to cut the strawberry. Give me, man. I gotta eat mac and cheese and get out of here. I'm in a hurry. I'll eat it in the car, honey. (laughs) The other side is getting it from the farmer all the way through to the store, keeping it looking good and not having it spoiled takes a lot of refrigeration, takes a lot of complex steps that are very expensive. He says another factor is a long history of government subsidies for food production, but not so much for fruits and veggies. Oh, she said it, too. Veggies. 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 
Screw your veggies, slave. Have your veggies. I got veggies here. <laughs> Screw your veggies. veggies. Have your mac and cheese. You're in a hurry. Get to your work. Eat your mac and cheese in a mug on the way. Well, there is solace. Wait, this is becoming a regular show report. Yes, the mac and cheese the mac, report. The mac and cheese we need report. A jingle. We totally would. Oh, Sir Jeff Smith, where's our mac and cheese report? Well, we need to make it a little different than just mac and cheese report. It has to be living the life of like thug life, you know, like Tupac thug life. Sucks. It'd be like mac and cheese life. You know what I mean? It's like something like that. Life at mac and cheese. So just when you thought. What an idiot. That was the worst example of anything I've ever heard from NPR. Oh. And people listen to this as it's some sort of national treasure. Yeah. It's a humiliation. Yeah. It's shameful. Well, luckily, um, so what's next on the ladder when you can't afford mac and cheese? It's only a dollar. Well, no, no, but what what is cheaper than mac and cheese? I guess picking up uh, cigarette butts from the street and eating them. <laughs> no, no idea. Cat What's food. cheaper than mac and cheese is the, is the question of the show. No, cat food. Cat food is oh, even... Well, cat food's pretty pricey. No, you can get cat food for 69 cents, a can, but let's say you can't even afford cat food. Then we have this. During tough economic times, many families are forced to give up their pets because they can't afford to feed them. But a new program can help. <laughs> Shut up. Don't talk. Don't talk through the cliff. <laughs> they can't afford to feed them, but a new program could help. It's called Pet Food Stamps. The donation-based program can help financially strapped families afford to buy pet food and supplies. The organization is open to anyone in the U.S. You just have to apply to see if you qualify. That's right. I got a pet. I got a, I got a whole bunch of cats and dogs at home. <laughs> can I have some pet food stamps, please? Cause, oh. Did you get that clip? You're killing me with these. <laughs> That's from the news, man. That's CNN. Jeez. So, but it, obviously, people are rejoicing. Like, wow, yeah. Um, so, hey, give me that jacket. Let me roll in the cat hairs over here. Uh, yeah, we got a whole bunch of cats we're taking care of. Uh, I think I need some <laughs> cat food stamps. <laughs> free cat food, stamps. free cat food, <laughs> and then you use the stamps to buy the cat food. Then you eat it. Yes, exactly. You're right. That is pretty cheap. <laughs> maybe, maybe. What is, I, I guarantee you, the, here's you want a, You want a meal for depression? Cat food, mac and cheese, all in one. <laughs> like we'll call it um, tuna it's a la a king. A version of the mac and cheese. <laughs> tuna a la king. <laughs> I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna serve it to my guests here. I'm gonna see if I can get away with it. I am going to make. Uh, cat food mac and cheese and I know for a fact that I could pull that off <laughs> I'm sure you could I mean you're a better cook than I am but I'd like to try it I'd really like to try and the, people be like wow this is really now, good now if you wanted to test it properly I mean instead of trying to you know use some you know aged cheddar from England and no. making it with a fan, fancy pasta well, we, gotta, we, we gotta do it with the one dollar box yeah you have to do it with the one dollar box and the cheapest cat food you can buy that is you probably have to buy it. I think you have to test this part. You'll have this is my advice to you. <laughs> you get you go to the look for the sixty nine cent cat food and then you buy every type of it. Yeah. You gotta test. You gotta you work on them it. all up and do a smell test and mm -hmm. the one that doesn't stink to high heaven <laughs> is the one you use in this dish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? My hair will be all shiny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there must be some kind of spice that we can use to cover up. 
better than ever. What? <laughs> well, there must be some herb or herb or spice that we can use that that'll. Well, I use universal herb for these sorts of things, herb. not that particular thing. But herb. I use marjoram. Marjoram. Yeah, I think marjoram. Marjoram has become my what herb of choice. What is marjoram? Yeah, marjoram. How do you spell that? M a r j o r a m. And marjoram is sits somewhere in between the the qualities of oregano huh. without the possibility. Oregano occasionally, depending on which oregano you have, because they come from different parts of the world. But oregano will occasionally, if you use just a pinch too much, turn something bitter. It'll turn like a spaghetti right. sauce bitter. Marjoram. It never it just works fine on pizza, but with a spaghetti sauce, you have to be real careful because it goes bitter, and then you have to fight it. You got to put honey and butter and all yeah, kinds yeah, of. Yeah, no, you screwed. Yeah. You screwed. You screwed. Marjoram. You can use this stuff by the handful, by the bushel. You could take a, the jar of it and dump it in. And I buy it by two pound batches. Marjoram. I use it as my salad herb. Indigenous to Cyprus and southern Turkey. Known to the Greeks and Romans as a symbol of happiness. That's right. Happy mac and cheese. But the marjoram is a great, great all purpose. Uh, and when you can get it fresh, even better. Okay, so you think that's what I should be putting in the uh, in the cat food? I'm gonna try. I, I am gonna do this. A little basil too. <laughs> a basil leaf. No, no. Here's here's what you do. Here's what you do. You as you're serving it, as you're plopping out from a big vat. This uh, you have to make it look good, but it's a big vat. Yeah, a copper vat. It's gotta be something. It's gotta be a fancy. Copper, look. copper. Yeah, but you're you're lopping out this cat food and mac and cheese, and you say, "Oh, careful! There might be a, a bay leaf still in there." You know what I mean? That kind of well, gives bay leaf is different than a basil leaf, but a bay leaf you should get a basil leaf and put it on top as a decoration. But you should probably put a bay leaf in there, and, and then oh, here it is, because yeah. <laughs> it, it gives that kind of that whole a magic act. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for you to get the bay leaf. You know, it's it's that little thing that I add to my tuna a la king. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I to actually pull that off. I actually, it might be worth experimenting with, though. Let's do it. Might, it might dry. actually be very tasty. <laughs> you can make anything taste good. Yeah. Well. The, during the French Revolution, the French developed a whole slew of recipes to, on how to prepare properly and eat rat. Because uh -huh. Paris is filled sure. with rats, so sure. there's more sure. than enough protein for the, to keep people alive. Oh, rats are great. Oh, I agree. Mats, rats are good. And it turns out you cook them a little bit like a rabbit. And uh, it's just the dressing of, of them. You got to skin them and do other things. Yeah, to get it's them. just the idea. You know, we're just all That's trained. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, it's not disgusting. It's just Rat head soup. <laughs> it's not disgusting. It's just a little. Eh. Ah, nice, nice, nice. All right, back to you. Back to you, good buddy. Okay, I got one. Uh, so I'm. Uh, I thought this was a weird story. It just I don't know what to make of it, and I don't have any follow up even in the discussion way, but why is this even happening? It just seems weird. This odd story, which I got from uh, Van Cat, uh, odd story about German and marketing. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's look at uh, one final magazine from outside of France. It's Germany's Der Spiegel. Well, uh, as coincidence would have it, this is also about migrant workers. And uh, the Der Spiegel there, you can see uh, Gastarbeiter, 
the new guest workers. And the German magazine is saying that there is actually a trend now from people from southern Europe, from Spain, uh, Catalonia, but also Greece and Portugal and Italy, to go to the big cities in Germany, Berlin, Stuttgart and so on, to get jobs, you know, as a marketing manager or in engineering and so on, because they just can't get them um, in their own countries. Now you can see a profile of one of the people who has gone off to be a marketing manager in Berlin. Now, it's got the statistics, 32,000 Italians, 26,000 Greeks, um, 27,000 Spaniards in the first three quarters of last year. So a trend there. And its headline to that story is The German Dream. So, of course, we've heard a lot of anti-German rhetoric from Southern Europe, but there from Der Spiegel we have the German dream. All right, thanks for that, Nicholas. Well, very interesting. So the term that I liked was uh, Gastarbeiter, which I grew up with in the 70s in the Netherlands. The Dutch version is very close. It's Gastarbeiter. And it is guest worker. This is a very common uh, concept. Yeah. Before it was Europe. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you're a guest in Europe. Because you're in the German part of Europe. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense in itself, but I'm, I'm just imagining 26,000 Greeks in the first quarter are now marketing managers in, in Germany. What? Yeah, mar- this, this doesn't even make any sense yeah, to me. Oh, yeah, no, they're marketing. Why are they marketing managers? What, is that a code for some uh, ditch digger? I'm, I'm not getting it. No, they're, they're marketing uh, Greek holidays in their own home. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's something like that. Well, I don't know what it is, but that that, that would be weird. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean because they do have these uh, the parts of Europe. The they have uh, a strange. Uh, yeah, you you basically move, move in with a family yeah. for vacation. Yeah, and then you're a marketing. I mean, come on, how many people have you met? What do you do? I'm a marketing manager. Oh, okay, mac and cheese. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, come on, marketing manager means nothing. Here, marketing management jobs in Germany. Let's see. Uh, there must be a slew of jobs. Here, marketing manager, group auto. <clears throat> no, it seems like there's there's jobs. Well, of course, part of, of, of the, why this is happening, the German dream, like, wow, that was pretty eye-opening right there. It used to be the American dream. Now it's, didn't we beat those guys? Yeah, so I, that's what I thought, but yeah. I guess not. So here's uh, here's what uh, was happening in Portugal uh, over the weekend. There was no comment from the authorities on numbers, but this looks to have been the largest protest since last September's huge rallies, which were followed by a government U-turn on one controversial tax policy. At the Lisbon demonstration, the wide range of slogans and homemade placards would seem to indicate this remains a disparate movement driven by anger. I am here to protest against this government, which is determined to pay a debt that isn't ours. It is criminal and illegal. It is forcing us to feed on bread and water and forcing us to pay a debt which is created by corrupt politicians and bankers. So this is very dangerous. Uh, Because what I saw, and I think she actually mentioned this in the report, this is not organized by unions. These are people who are, you know, taking bedsheets and uh, and paint and magic marker and writing on it, you know, death you banker, uh, death to the politicians. And it was a lot of people. It was, I mean, if you, of course, you didn't see any of this in most of the civilized Western world because we don't want to give you slaves any ideas. 
Uh, but I think that this is very uh, uh, disheartening and frightening to most politicians because this is the mob that can really get out of control. And they're on to it. I mean, they know what's going on. This is not just, you know, they say, hey, you, you stole from us. You, you gave us a debt that we don't deserve to pay back, that you're all corrupt, and we're not going to take it. Whether they're entirely right or not is irrelevant. And it has no interest in the working class. For many, the fact that the government has got it wrong on the economy and even the deficit, the whole aim of the spending cuts and tax rises that are causing all the pain, makes them fear still more for the future. I am here to fight for the future of my two daughters. Things are very complicated at this time. International officials are currently in Lisbon reviewing Portugal's bailout progress. Saturday's protesters not only demanded that they leave, but that the government resign and that Portugal's debt be renegotiated to give its economy a chance to grow again. <coughs> so I'm you know, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say Portugal is doing fine uh, until they were scammed into this, uh, you know, take all this money. Here, a bunch of here, you're on the EU now, and we want you to get up to speed here as a country. So here, take all this money and spend it, on, and we yeah. won't. We don't care. Build an airport that we won't use. And build a road that no one's going <laughs> to drive on. Well, actually, the road is in Spain, but it's actually Spain and Portugal. Both have they threw a bunch of money at him, and they said, "Okay, I got all this money. Let's spend it, and now let's get the economy cranked up or whatever." No, no, no. Well, you got to pay us back now. What? Yeah. Oh, and by and, the way, you, uh, you leverage your entire uh, all your all your yeah, utility, you utilities. You just yeah. gave us the yeah. country. Yeah. You, by the way, did I own that? So it's funny. I'm looking at a, an article from the Spiegel from. April 2012, and it's saying young Greeks struggle to gain foothold in Berlin. 25,000 new Greek immigrants registered with German authorities, twice as many as in 2010. So it's stagnant. It hasn't uh, it hasn't grown, apparently. It's still 25,000, or maybe it's the same 25,000. But they're having a hard time finding jobs, hard to gain a foothold. So I think it sounds to me like that whole report was cr full of crap. I, I, well, that's why I said. That's why I thought it was yeah. so weird. Yeah, because it, it probably was full of crap. I never thought about that. So I have a couple of clips before uh, the break that I wanted to play. One is I thought about something interesting. Play this. There was a there was a nice uh, seminar at the American Enterprise Institute about this guy in his book, which I mentioned earlier, and he's talking about here. He's talking here about. Uh, the the idea of too big to fail, which brought something to mind that I want to discuss for a second. Okay, I have no is, idea which clip I'm supposed to play. Crisis clips too big to fail. Okay. Well, Notion? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The I've written a lot about this, and the, we don't have a really good um, way of, of uh, evaluating whether an institution is too big to fail. But what we do know, I think, now, after Lehman's failure, is that a, an institution that is $600 billion in size, and that was Lehman, is not too big to fail. 
because Lehman actually dragged no other institution down with it. <laughs> and that is the whole idea about too big to fail. That is, if, if the theory is that if an, a large institution fails, it, the losses that are suffered by all others who have, who have lent money to that institution will be so large that they will all be dragged down. That's why the FSOC is given the authority to make this decision about what institutions are interconnected. Um, but when Lehman failed, no other institution failed as a result of that. Yeah, that was a hit. They took a hit out on Lehman Brothers. Wasn't that what happened? Yeah, but it would do what that's not what I was when I was listening to this clip. I got another kind of I just all of a sudden it dawned on me. Wasn't the bailout of General Motors for this exact same reason? Yeah. And but nobody's ever equated all these things with general industry with banking. I mean, it's always banking too big to fail. These banks are too big to fail. Right. What about General Motors? It's apparently too big to fail. So Ford, all these giant corporations, U.S. Steel, maybe, maybe they, should, maybe they, instead of talking about the banks all the time and how they should be busted up, even though we've nationalized them, as they talk about in this, apparently the government's taken over everything. And by the way, they're buying an awful lot of land too. These the feds. Oh yeah. But why don't they talk about busting up General Motors? It used to be, you know, thirty different car companies that were all put put together. Well, you know the answer. You know the answer to that. The answer is the auto workers union. You th- the, the auto workers union were a big part. The unions in general are you know, have always run the modern societies, and they run this president. You will yeah, agree the, on that. That runs this president is the service workers, like hookers. But, yeah. I'd say Gen- the SEIU. I think that's the the bad actor in the whole thing, mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, hey, there's one more clip here we can do, which is an interesting one. Uh, this is the guy who wrote the book again, and this is the crisis clip. Twenty five million bad lo- bad loans. He and we were talking about the media earlier and that crappy NPR presentation that you found somehow where they telling people that it's better to eat mac and powdered cheese it's not even real cheese than a banana because some guys it's faster anyway this clip i think is a is a very interesting it, but we just nothing that we don't talk about and harp on on the show all the time but people should be made always be made aware of this problem. I had a particularly remarkable experience with this problem while a member of the Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission. The commission scheduled several public hearings which were televised on C-SPAN. The media were almost always present as observers or were watching the proceeds for proceedings on television. In several of the hearings, I asked witnesses whether they were aware that there were 25 million and other low quali- subprime and other low-quality mortgages in the financial system in 2008, before the financial crisis. That was the number I had at the time. Since then, and Pidno's work has shown that there were, in fact, 28 million such low-quality mortgages in 2008. All the witnesses who were asked this, and in all the cases they were people who should have known, said they had never heard of such a thing. The fact that 25 million subprime or other non-prime mortgages were in the financial system in 2008, again, almost half of all mortgages, was undoubtedly news. I might have been wrong, but it was news that I said it. It had never been reported before, and it is a shocking number. 
Yet I have never found a single reference to it, to it in any major media report on the FCIC hearings where I made the statement. And I never recall receiving from a reporter, uh, receiving a call from a reporter asking me where I'd come up with that number. Wait a minute. You telling me that the whole subprime thing was bogative too? No, it was a real number. No, he's saying that there's all these subprime numbers, but nobody during that period when they were investigating the crash, they were blaming it on the derivatives and the you know credit default swaps right, right, and right, right, and these bad you know this the bad bad mortgage investments, but they never talked about the the basis at all. And apparently, the news media never picked it up, and he never managed to uh, even get called. Nobody cared. It was just like. Here's the ba- and he blames the whole thing, by the way, on the uh, Community Reinvestment Act, where it was it was, um, I, which I believe was put in by Clinton, that the banks, every bank has to s- provide a proof that they're making get, getting everybody a house, whether they can afford it or not, mm-hmm. and then doing really lax uh, clearance. In other words, when you filled out your mortgage application, you could lie on it and then get yourself a cheap you know, a house that supposedly will pay for itself because it's going to go up in value. Right. And when that stalled, then the whole thing collapsed because it was a house of cards. And uh, he's just saying that he fought, tracked this during the hearings and, and, not, and all these people that are, they didn't give a shit. I, it's just, I just thought, found it to be a weird oversight by the media to, you know, not really. In fact, when it comes to the uh, Community Reinvestment Act, only a few right-wing guys, I think Beck might have been one of them, ever even mentioned this. Uh, Explain to, the uh, Community Reinvestment Act again. It what? was a bill that was, you can look it up. Bill yeah, by I know, but this is people listen to the show. Clint, I, just, it, I just explained it. Clinton <laughs> passed this law that forced the banks to give mortgages to people that were essentially subprime or that they didn't really qualify for that mortgage. They gave them a break. They had to maybe pay a little too much interest or whatever, but it was a... It was a it was a movement to crop, uh, prop up the housing uh, in this country, uh, create a, which started to create the bubble. 1977. Uh, to, yeah, and it, well, it started to steamroll yeah. after a bunch of, after the Fed lowered the interest rates. And there's a whole series of things. You'd have to listen to this whole seminar to kind of pick up on it. But it was, a, it was mostly government meddling uh, from the beginning, starting with that, the Community Reinvestment Act, the one that Clinton put in, which wasn't in 77, it was in 90-something. Um, once this thing got uh, started steamrolling and then they, the feds right at the wrong time lowered the interest rates because the economy wasn't doing that well. And this thing, the bubble got huge and then it collapsed and we ended up with this massive situation. These guys concluded, by the way, that we should have let everybody go out of business that was going to go out of business, including Citibank. And let just take it, you know, if it would have lasted as long as it has lasted, if we had just, you know, bit the bullet then. But um, nobody wanted to do that either. The government essentially, based on what these guys say, <clears throat> with the regulation and Dodd-Frank in particular, have essentially nationalized the banking system uh, in a, in an awkward way. In fact, if you want to, I think there may be a slight explanation for it in this clip, uh, Obamacare and the banking clip. And by the way, it, it, uh, the original act was 1977, and it was amended many, many times throughout, the, throughout its history, but most prevalent, 93, 95, and 99, 
uh, is what uh, uh, is where Clinton and you know even right in along with the Graham Leach, uh, with the uh, the Glass Steagall Repeal Act, right, all a part of that. And now, which I don't see an Obamacare thing. What are you talking it's, about? This crisis clip, Obamacare and banking clip. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, it's hard hard for me to read. One other thing I'd like to mention that John. Uh, sort of inferentially touched on, and that was uh, Dodd, the importance of Dodd Frank as a as as a, a legislation that takes over an industry. Um, people have not the book covers this, but people have not noticed that this is very much like Obamacare. Um, in, in Obamacare, the same thing was done, and that is the industry is left in private hands. The shareholders are still in charge, theoretically, but the industry is so heavily regulated that it has become basically a ward of the government. So there, there are two, these two major provisions that were passed under the Obama administration both have the same characteristics. Hi, um, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. So play uh, play the Fed and crony capitalism clip while we're on. Listen to these guys. Okay. Um, Hester talked about SIFIs and the and and referred to them as the biggest issue. And I I believe that's true. That is the thing we have to look at most carefully. That that is the area that creates the greatest danger here. I didn't talk about it in my talk, but I spent a lot of time on it in the book. Um, as, a, as a foundation for crony capitalism, there is nothing better, nothing greater, nothing, nothing more dangerous than what has been done um, with, with the FSOC, the Financial Stability Oversight Council. It will now have the opportunity to declare that certain non-bank financial institutions are dangers to the financial system and have to be stringently regulated. What that will mean over time is more and more of those institutions are pulled into that select category is that the Fed will have an opportunity to control what those institutions say or do on all matters of public policy. And if one of those institutions should suggest that they oppose the administration on some issue, whether it's a tax issue or it's a trade issue or something else, there will be a discreet warning Hello? from the Fed that, well, you well, know, maybe you could uh, tone that down yeah. a bit. I um, mean, we, we really don't have to have this kind of controversy. That's really not working for us. See, do we? That kind of message to the CEO um, is the very essence of crony capitalism and will be made possible by the Fed's control over all these other large institutions, just as it has that kind of control right now. This is why I'm all... We had um, good clips, by the way. I had, we had a guest over here yesterday. Do you know who Lori Frick is? No. She's a, an artist in in Austin, but she uh, she... Um, she used to be an executive at Vignette, and then she uh, uh, sold her own company to Vignette. She, she did a TED Talk, and she's been around. She's kind of um, like a techno-nerdy type woman, artist. Interesting. And uh, so she comes over because she and Mickey had uh, met somewhere in the art scene. And, uh, and you know, we're talking about this. You know, I'm, I'm, she's like, you know, do you really believe what you say on the podcast? Uh, and I, I'm like, yeah. She said, I mean, are you are you saying that you really want a big 
collapse in Armageddon because you believe it or because it sounds good for the podcast? And I said, yes. And she, you know, I was like, I really mean it. It, it, it would. I'm, I'm all for pain now. Rip the Band-Aid off. Just let's go for it, people. We've got our our, our most. Well, that cl- last cl- yeah, that, that last clip was about SIFIs, which are uh, something that's been defined as a systemically important financial institution, right? And control over these, which is too big to fail operations. Yeah. Uh, then control over these, and, and by the way, this is not just banks. That's the problem. No, no, it's, it's also insurance it's, companies, yeah, but it's not, anything. But it, it, could, it could be a, a manufacturer of anything. It could. Be. I think that's what I. That's why I thought that other clip was interesting because it actually tells me it's also General Motors. Or how about if it's General Motors? It could be General Electric. If it's General Electric, it can be because they get all kinds. Boeing. Of, Boeing. If it's that, then it's also media. Now the thing that Dodd Frank does is it gives control over all of these entities to the fed yes which is not a government organization it is the bankers hello new world order where are you hold on a second let's just play it come on (laughs) come on john's figured it out we control your company duh there you go that's how it works so the woman who uh, was on here actually talks about SIFIs a little bit. She also talks it so- about it. Sounds like a uh, uh, an STD. No, it sounds like a, like a, the like the the, the Siths. It sounds like a bad actor. In a, in I got SIFIs. Star Wars. Oh man, I I got a bad case of the SIFIs. You might as well play the what's going on with the SIFIs. Oh no, where's the uh, what's going? On? Where do I find this now? It's right there in the same group. Crisis. Oh yeah, here it is. Siffies. I know it's it's like a venereal disease. This starting the book in this way by focusing on the GSEs was very helpful because I think it lays out a model for what we're going to see with Dodd Frank, the future that Dodd Frank has created for us, which is a future of GSEs. The GSEs in Dodd Frank are. SIFIs, systemically important financial institutions, which include banks designated under Dodd-Frank as SIFIs and then any additional entities that the Financial Stability Oversight Council designates as GSEs, as SIFIs. So these institutions will um, have an implicit guarantee from the government. They will be in partnership with the government. The government will tell them what to do, and they'll respond. <laughs> partnership. And it's partnership. This, this is fantastic. This, this is, is this, corporatism. This is fascism. This is totally it. This is just cooperate and share everybody's information. Don't You, you don't want to get siffies. Peter points out this will lead to a funding advantage. That will then drive competitors out of the market. Funding advantage. <laughs> Hold on a second. Wow, Stop right wow, funding advantage. Whoa. They get a funding advantage, drives competitors out, goodbye mechanics bank. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Done. And those guys, that's our bank, by the way. And they didn't take any bailout money. So they're going to be, this. they're going to catch the Sifis. Targeted, targeted. There's, if there are problems at these <clears throat> entities, regulators will have a real incentive to come in and rescue them, probably in sort of a behind-the-scenes rescue, because a failure of one of these entities would reflect failure of the regulators. And so Peter points out all of these problems that we can expect. Oh, yeah, this is bad. This is very, very bad. 
But it's what it is. You know, it makes sense. So this is why I say rip the Band-Aid off. It all has to come crashing down. Yeah, it's you know, too late. You can laugh, but I'm going to be enjoying my wooden money at the market. <laughs> and I'm going to be happy I got some wood, wooden, wooden wood, money. <laughs> wooden money. The, I, I, since we're kind of talking about, you know, Clinton and actually this act that goes uh, way back to uh, the 70s, where a lot of this started... Um, it's time to revisit. I, I keep hearing it a lot in uh, in my alternative news circles, uh, but it is time to reinvigorate on this show the term "mockingbird." Are you familiar with Operation Mockingbird? I was until what they deprogrammed until you. Until I forgot. <laughs> Operation Mockingbird uh, was the CIA. Uh, media infiltration program where oh, they right, yeah. where they hired right, 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 where right. they hired agents We've talked about that a lot yeah well we haven't used the word mockingbird and i think it's time to reinstate it because mockingbird is talking to us on a daily basis through the telescreen and just to remind you because all of this is declassified and you know by now it's out in the open and you can google around i got some links in the show notes you can find out exactly what it was but the uh, the real evidence which is nice is the, from the church commission uh, that would be Frank Church, <clears throat> the yeah. Select Committee to Study Governmental Operations with Respect to Intelligence Activities, where he literally asked this in in a congressional hearing, and you will hear the answer uh, regarding the... Um, Classic. Uh, yeah, cl- it's a class. It is an evergreen. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of... Uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into an executive session. <laughs> yeah, we don't want the slaves to have it on tape. <laughs> we don't want it. <laughs> this is the, here's the way it goes. Do you have any people on the payroll of NBC, ABC, or CBS? You know, we better talk about that in some executive session. Yeah. Well, there's your answer. <laughs> it's a classic clip. And we need to bring back the term Mockingbird, because Mockingbird is Anderson Pooper is Mockingbird, Aaron Burnett is Mockingbird, the drunk Sawyer is Mockingbird. They're all Mockingbird. And when you bring the Siffies into it, there is so much control over all these corporations. Yeah, well, it's corporatism again, and that's the Siffy thing. And the other, uh, which she uses, a GSE, she mentioned, which is a government-sponsored enterprise. Sponsored enterprise, which is essentially was Fannie GM Mae. for a while. The Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Fannie both, Mae, yeah. Freddie Mac, all those things that you know are supposedly private, but they're not. They're run by the government. They're essentially nationalizing uh, the banks. Yes. Net, you know, they being they, the, yes. the, the, the banks. administration the, no, no. with the feds. No, the Fed is the banks, John. The Fed, no, the Fed is the banks. Is the banks. They're nationalizing their own little business. That's the disgusting part. Well, that could be that the banks are running things, but I... You know, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Here's John. Well, it could be the, the banks are running things. Uh, okay, the banks are running hello? things. Hello? Yes, but wh- who's running the banks? The Jews, of course. You know the answer to this. <laughs> That's always the answer. 
No, it's, it's it, I, th- I think it's more organic intelligence than Intelligence agencies. Mm, yeah, well, mm, so you're saying the intelligence agencies are running the banks? Well, it's a hard one to do because you don't see any connection. No, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think it's just families. I, I think it boils down to families who've always financed the wars, financed, you know, everything. And it's, it's a it's a great little scam they've got going on here with the Federal Reserve celebrating its 100th year uh, this year. Um, you know, where it's like, hey, we don't, you know, there's no risk to us. We control everything. And now with the SIFI thing, they control the companies. Uh, and not only that, but they're too big to fail because they're SIFIs. Yeah, so, you know, so... I, th- I mean, isn't look at what we've had. It used to be royalty. Mickey and I were talking about this the other day. I still don't get it. I can't look at the queen or the king or the prince and go, oh, yeah, you're special. No, you're just a douchebag like me. You poop, you know, you, and your poop stinks. And you know, you're not special because you live in a palace. Who gives you the right to live in a palace? To me, I, it doesn't make sense as a sovereign citizen. It makes no sense. So I, the same thing goes for, you know, everything and everybody. And then, you know, obviously, the, whoever has the money, whoever's got the wooden, the wooden nickels, runs the show. And, and we don't even know officially who is a member of the Federal Reserve. Gee, I'd call that suspicious. Yeah, well, there's a, it would be nice to know. <laughs> I know one thing. I know where our paycheck comes from. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. The banks run the show. In the morning. What would happen if they cut off our PayPal account? Uh, oh, well, like, okay, first of all, put it in the red book. They will cut off our PayPal account. That is definitely going to happen. No doubt about it. That's gonna. I, I, that is so. I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that call where you say, "Oh man, oh they man, cut they cut off our paper and and we didn't get the money out." You watch this. Of course, this will happen. Someone's gonna get pissed off enough. We're gonna say something. Probably me. And someone's gonna hey, put in a call. Could be me. No, you. <laughs> you're, you're not a nasty enough. And the, and the, and it's, it's gonna happen. Of course, it's gonna happen. And and then that's when our you know our uh, my two donation segment problem kicks in, you know. And then what, what am I going to do? Oh, I've got all these bitcoins. No worries. <laughs> I got thirteen <laughs> of them. Joel Nedu 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 like N E D E A U Nedo 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 Liberty Missouri one six nine three three. Hey, Mister Mac and Cheese, please send karma to my white boy bro Chris who lives in Soleil City. Philippines, please de-douche me with an L-G-Y. You've been de-douched. Yay! You've got karma. Stuart Allen in Trumansburg, New York, 111.42. And I think, I don't know, that may have been carried over from the last show. I'm not sure. Sounds familiar. Uh, Riley, uh, and I don't have any notes. How does that? How does it even work? How does someone carry over from the last show? What oh, that's of- well. It happens in a lot of different ways. The way the thing is downloaded and goes into there's not a decent merge purge, mm-hmm. and this is and some of these are put in by hand because they came in as checks. Oh, okay, all right. That's and all right. when they came in as checks, there's a pile of checks. You wanted to know. There's a pile <laughs> I'm of sorry checks. Sorry, I asked. 
<laughs> I could go on. Yeah, keep going. Because soon we're going to add the Bitcoin to this mess. Like, oh, yeah. I got the Bitcoin. I got to connect. We got three Bitcoins from Joe Blow. No, no, but it's oh, not. we got three Bitcoins from last week. <laughs> it's not even right? like that. I have to now look at these uh, 256-bit number strings, and someone's going to say, here's my note that goes with this donation number. So I'm going to have to connect all that. It's not like you an email. I'm stupid. But believe me, if you get five Bitcoins, it'll be a miracle. Uh, Five Riley holes. Hanneman in Seattle, Washington, $111.11. <clears throat> <clears throat> Looking for a shadow puppet theater jingle and a dance monkey dance. No, he didn't say, he just said dance monkey dance. That's all. He just wants me to dance like a monkey boy. Shadow puppet theater. I've danced for you. Dance? Are you dancing? I'm dancing. I'm dancing. Soft shoe. Here I go. Here I go. Chad Christian in Erie, Colorado, $100. Hey, bad Chad. That's our, that's a bad Chad. That is our bad uh, Chad? Is that bad Chad. That's bad Chad who wrote about the uh, the karma he got when he found the toilet paper roll while he was mountain biking. Oh, that guy. He, yeah, he needs to. Oh, I wish he would write stories in history. He wants. He needs to write more. He's fantastic. Strong work. Keep it up. Brevity is the soul of wit. Cheers, bad Chad. Yay. Anonymous in Houston, Texas. Hundred. I had to donate again after listening to your segment on pedophilia. That was your your last podcast. A terrible evil needs to be exposed whenever it can. Please find some way to move this from a second half item to a full real news category. Even when pedophilia is exposed, it finds a way to quickly drop from the public attention. It is due to the fact of the depths of evil that well, one's minds has to sink uh, to to contemplate. It's not even sustainable. I think that uh, of all the podcasts I'm aware of, I think we have done the most on this issue. Yeah, second ha- second half or not, which is you know, I mean, we'd be out of business. The amount of times we've talked about this, if we put it at the front of the show, people are like, oh, it's the pedo bear cast. We can't yeah, have that. No, that's what we don't need. And yeah. that's why we actually, as much as we have talked about it, it's probably only maybe four or five shows or six. Yeah. It, it doesn't come up that much because you know what happened with everyone. Yeah. Adam had a radio station burnt to the ground because he was talking <laughs> Toasted. about this. Toasted. Like flamethrower. <laughs> It's like, so, you know, it's not, it's not a safe thing to talk about. So we don't talk about it that much. Corey Cotton, Lehigh Acres, Florida, 9696. Kind of Wait back. a minute. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you missed Philip. Oh, Philip. Yeah, this happened by the. Oh, I, did, I missed one last week, too. I got to put it back. Uh, I want to bring it up. I'll, I'll go back and get it. The, this spreadsheet, apparently, I, I was, this happened last week. And we lost a. Uh, a uh, Contributor, because apparently when there's a long donation note, that even though that's not what happened here, I just missed it. Uh, Philip Scandariato, Brooklyn, New York, gave us a hundred bucks. I couldn't find a note from him. But anyway, last week there was this long donation note, and uh, when there's a long note and you and you scroll down on Excel, according to this is apparently I guess discovered by JC. Uh, it skips the guy that it should have scrolled down to. It's, it does a page, a double page or something. And so we missed uh, we missed the guy anyway. Yeah. As we say in Holland, boy, we were making a lot of noise together, weren't we? Yeah. As the elephant and the mouse crossed the bridge. So anyway, the, the guy we missed was Peter Marks last week, and he gave uh, 69 69 and he wanted to make sure that uh, we mentioned him. Not, uh, not only that, but we'll give him a special uh, jingle. 69! 69, 69, dudes! Even though it's out of sequence. Corey Cotton in Lehigh Acres, Florida, 9696. 
Finally, a downer after listening to the double digits, a former local TV newscaster, IT guy, and skydiver in Gitmo Nation Alligator, Florida, just getting by and propagating the formula in lieu of donating. Donating is 9696 for a marriage with no chance at Swazelnuff. <laughs> so you go back to back. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Just signed up for the five buck subscription, like a dedouching some you. karma to get out of a few unmentionable men- messes. Uh, support the shorter donation segment. This message is under 128 words. Thank you very much, uh, Corey. We're going to deduce you here. You've been deduced. And totally uh, dole out some karma. You've got karma. Hope, hope those uh, unmentionables get taken care of. Oh, by the way, I got a note from uh, uh, our No Agenda CD, uh, Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, remember uh, that he, you know, his like his dog died, the family was kicked out of the house, couldn't get a rent, no job, whatever. And I gave him uh, karma. They signed the lease. Boom. Oh, nice. Boom. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, Michael Hall in Powell, Maine. P-O-W-N-A-L. Dear Archimedes and Jeremiah, um, possible shape-shifting grays. <laughs> Please accept my AMT payment. Alternative media tax in the amount of $90.10. The amount is the FM location of our local national treasure. (laughs) Call it advertising, call it a donation, whatever you like. John in Maine, the residents of Massachusetts nuts are affectionately known as mass holes. (laughs) (laughs) No jingles, no stress, no nothing. Thanks, man. I like that, the AMT, alternative media tax. And then he's giving us, so I guess uh, NPR is on 90.1. 90.1 90.1 in Massachusetts. Oh, for all the mass holes. Sir Peter Schnakes in Amsterdam. Hey, Sir Pate, good to have him back. Nice. Uh, here's some angelic karma for the best news reconstruction team, Alan and Jeffrey, putting the fun in dysfunctional media. Take a rain check for the karma. What? Did he say, a- did he say rain check? Rain check. Do you know how many people are tweeting me about rain every single time we do this? There we go. Yeah, fun. Yeah. We can use some rain here, I can tell you That's, that. That's uh, Sherry Osborne. You can find her on the uh, No Agenda uh, group there on the Facebook. She makes these gorgeous oh, rain sticks. They're so beautiful. So It'll beautiful. Take, uh, you, you'll be able to get rain in your area. Yes. That's right. It, they work. You have to go outside to really make it work. Fact. Fact. <laughs> Fact. Uh, anonymous, 75 bucks needs job karma. Oh, uh, all right, yeah. Don't we all? Here it comes. Good luck. You've got karma. Uh, blah. Uh, Roy Pingel. Pingel. Pingle. Pingle I'd say Pingle. Could be Pingle. Brooklyn, 9076 or 7096. Oh, I think you have to do this in a snide voice. Really, Adam? A Marxist-leaning priest may become the next pope. All the pope electors were appointed by Popes John, Paul, and Benedict. Forty-two years of their rule, aided by the CIA and Opus Dea. Day. Day. Opus Dei. Equals the Second Inquisition. The reforms of Pope John XXIII's Second Vatican Council, priests supporting the preferential notion of the poor and the liberation theology, were obliterated. As far as Obama and others moving the country toward a kind of Marxist socialist system like the EU, the New Deal saved capitalism, 
would follow the American wealth, modern welfare state under the boot of the military-industrial finance complex, now subjects us to a national security state that resembles more a corporatist fascist state than anything else. Workers owning the means of production, forget about it. Elites own us. Get ready for more drones and war. Eat your tiny piece of pie and shut up, slave. <laughs> I love, I love it when you know. If you're gonna talk to me like that, you could, as long as you're paying me, you can do it all day, all day. <laughs> Thomas Kill, thank you, Kilbride, <laughs> in Waco, Texas, seventy. No, uh, we can't find a note. Thank you, Michael M. Pietro. I am Pietro. I am Pietro. Yeah. I don't know. What do you? How do you? I would say sort of, I am Pietro. Ian Pietro. Ian Pietro is his French. Ian, no, it's a well, he's, in, he's, French. In, he's in Quebec. Yeah, he's French. Yeah. Karma, help get me off the ground. Uh, 70 bucks. I can't be a boner anymore before the cloud comes crashing down and the feds come and knocking on Adam's door. Please give yourselves a knocking on Adam's door, Karma. Thanks for the show. Uh, is it this one? Mr. Adam Curry. Get out the door, Mr. Curry. Get out. You've got Karma. Wow. I'm amazed I got that one out. It's a good one. Charlotte Lang in Brooklyn. Where'd you get that clip, by the way? Someone, look, 90, look, look it, look it, look, look it, no, look, look it, look it, look it, Ray, Ray LaHood, look it. Uh, 90% of the show comes from our producers. Don't no, I know, but who specifically gave oh, you that? The I don't know. And someone, someone's going to be like, oh, okay. I want one. <laughs> you want one? Open up the door, Mr. Dvorak. You're a, you're a hoarder. Um, Charlotte Lang. Yeah. Yeah, this is 6969. Oh, well. 69! 69, dudes! This is uh, interesting because I thought this was the one from uh, the actual note that came from uh, Peter Marks. Hi, but it says, Hi, Jeb and a Alan. I listen to your show every morning after commuting my slave job and honored to finally de-douche myself. I would like to give no, a no, comment. No, no, hold on. My she, one... says, she says Heil. Oh, Heil. Heil. Heil, Jeb. Heil, Jeb. And Heil. Heil. You got to say Heil. 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 <laughs> Heil. I'd like to give a Heil, shot to my boyfriend, Kevin. I guess this is not from Italy. I mean, what am I thinking? But, but she's funny because she has a similar request. Who hit me in the mouth the first day we met. That's interesting. Hi, let's go on our first date. Hey, have you ever listened to the No Agenda show? <laughs> Wow. Well, that's a risk. Well, no, I mean, it's... Who it's, are those two idiots? It's a, it's, you're either in... You like that show? No, this is, I think it's really, that's the way to go. It. I mean, this, this will determine if you're going to be together for the rest of your life or not. There are, you're either no agenda or you're against us. <laughs> right. There's no, you're either for <laughs> yeah. terrorists or yeah. you're for no yeah. agenda. Yeah. For us or against us. That's it. That's how it works. And, and if you're for... And, and and you you go on a date with someone who says oh either well first of all if they've heard of the show and they listen I mean you're done it's like jumping swazzling off all night long yeah and uh, she, she she gave a sixty nine sixty nine donation uh huh I'm telling you but in you know, but otherwise if someone just hits you know if you get hit in the mouth or if you hit someone in the mouth and the, and they come back like yeah this is kind of cool that's a keeper that's a keeper. All right, so what does she want? What does she, well, she want? She probably is a keeper. Mm -hmm. What does she want? She wants a bush and cash broth. <laughs> With the de douching. Things are always brightening. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. And uh, karma and uh, a de douching. By the way, she got a new one for me. You are you're speeding up. What? Hello? 
Uh, she has a new one for us. Yeah, well, you're testing one, two, three. Yeah, I hope yeah I'm you're back. back. Yeah, you're Want to reconnect? Yeah, no, you're okay. Go. She's got. A she new has one. a new one for us. Brook, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> You've been de-douched. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Dr. Fauci, uh, thanks so much, uh, as always, for joining us. Good to be here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so fun. <laughs> I think I need to cut it down just to Brolf. Just a good to be here, Brolf. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, so Peter Marks has a note that we missed last week, and I'll read it. I came across your fine show last year looking for some real election news, and I've been listening ever since. I wanted to donate for a while, true value for value form, but was strapped due to crippling alimony from a recent divorce. Finally paid off and can give start giving you some well-deserved mac and cheese money. Please give a good to be there, Brolf, and a de-douching along with some relationship karma. Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, we just did the brolf. I mean, I, I can't. Uh, I just, I just dropped. The, I can't. Uh, yeah, deducing. You've been deduced. You've got karma. I need to put the. Uh, I need to put the brolf in. Uh, I need to cut that thing down. That's why I haven't. <coughs> I haven't put it in right. No, but it, it's funnier if it if it's just good to be here, brolf. You, know, you don't want him. You know, I know, but you get the anticipation. I don't think it'll be as good as short. You think you, have, you hear you hear Brolf, and then, then you say, <laughs> "Ah, it is going to be good," and you're all wound up for it. I think it's a timing thing. I think we do both of them, and we'll test it next show. Okay, hold on. Let, let me just let me just grab it for a second because, of course, this is hidden away. I'm I'm doing a I'm doing oh what? Oh. Meanwhile. Well, well, meanwhile, yeah, continue. Sir James Briscoe from Bayshore, New York, came out at sixty nine, sixty nine. Greeting comrades O'Brien and Sherrington. I don't want to let the streak die just yet. A shout-out of karma for Smita, if you don't mind. No need to read on the air further. Okay. So he's a karma. Karma for Smita. Here we go, Smita. You've got karma. Apparently, oh. down the street, who didn't know Mohit Taneha in Austin, Hold on, John. Hold on, John. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not coming through so well. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's reconnect. Okay, hang up on me, bro. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't hang up on me, bro. Go. Go. There we go. Don't hang up on me, bro. Uh, better yeah. adapt. No, it's even worse. <clears throat> Why don't you call me? Get the Dell reroute differently. Well, that's what I was going to do, but then you called me, like you know, like you know, like you're some kind of techno expert. It'll reroute differently. It'll reroute differently. Reroute. You think reroute. We're going through an exchange. It'll reroute differently. Doctor Fauci, uh, thanks so much uh, as always for joining us. Good to be here, bro. <laughs> no, I think it's better just good to be here, bro. <laughs> Brolf. Brolf. <laughs> <laughs> we've all done that. We've all we've all like yeah, of course. had one of those we can't really, really horrible moments. We're like, oh crap! I did, I know I didn't call him Brolf, did I? Uh, yeah, I know that's I'm what's bad about it. All right, onward. I to some guy the other day, and I used his wrong. Oh first. really? I, oh, really? I, I what did you do? First, wrong first name. I felt like an idiot. Well, really? 
What was his name? You said Pete, and he was like John or something really bad. No, was, his name is Gil, and I called him... Uh, Chill. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what I called him. It was Jeff or something else. <laughs> anyway. But did you have a chance to correct? No, because I was that was a short realization. It took me. It was after I was hanging up. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jeff. Uh, oh, oh no! <laughs> there, there goes that gig. Mohita mm-hmm. Neha, I mentioned in Austin, Texas, sixty nine, sixty nine. Craig Cutner in Norwalk, Connecticut. Hi, Starsky and Hutch. I do think that the donation segment is a way for the NA community to relate to each other as ex-slaves with a common worldview. It could be I'm just a fanboy, but I do find myself buying John's recommended wine and salt. And I even passed my general ham license when Adam got me fired up. Very good. Maybe you should do a No Agenda Lifestyle magazine, which is, after all, how Hugh Hefner got started. Wow. 73 is just a two-to-the-head fiscal cliff LGY karma. Hey, that's a really good idea. I like that. No Agenda uh, Lifestyle? Yeah, Lifestyle magazine. Totally. We should probably do an online magazine called No Agenda Lifestyle. Somebody get us the, or get us the URL, and we can combine some of the ones we already have, or have them actually. Here's here. We've got a bunch of sites, like the movie site and the book site. Yeah. They yeah. can just become segments of the bigger site, and they could plug right into that, and they and they the, the benefit from the accumulation of numbers of a combined site instead of a bunch of little sites. And and you can you put only- the stickers guy in there. Right, right, right. I I can't get my little my LGY is broken. My LGY mojo is not happening. What is Look going on here, people? Oh, hold on. Uh, he wants the uh, what is it? It was complicated. Two to the head, fiscal cliff, LGY karma. Okay. Ah! I personally don't want to be part of a movement to keep those. Oh, wrong one. Wow! <laughs> there we go. Actually, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be part of a movement to keep them. I personally don't want to be part of a movement to keep those semi-automatics flying. <laughs> That's a whole other clip I have lined up for after. See, I'm doing. I'm getting ready for after. The donation segment. Anonymous to Stafford, Virginia, 6969. We'd love to hear a Dr. Kiki science, two to the head, LGY. Uh, also, why do you do this? Also play a separate job karma. Uh, no, my- no, 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 no. There's just no way. This is what I hate. I'm not doing it. Okay, well, you got to give him a karma. Now, I'll do a Dr. Kiki. But, you know, it's like this is someone who has not heard, uh, who has not caught up. Yes, probably true. Shut up already. Science. You've got karma. There you go. I I love Paul Bella in Milton Keynes, Buckinghamshire. No jingles, no long message, just sending a little value for value, no agenda. If it keeps the children safe, I'm all for it. (laughs) Black Knight Van, 6969. Let Adam read this, please. Go. Uh, People zuigt big time. Nadat zei, mijn donatie stopt op jullie verzoek. Oh, PayPal. Zuigt big time nadat zei, mijn donatie stopt op jullie verzoek. Yeah, right. Hierbij volgt een goedmakertje. Meerdere volgen natuurlijk. Volgende Nighthood Demons voor mijn schatje Audrey. Please give her a karma shot. Thanks, Black Knight George from Bouncing Hill. Kaatsheuvel. Okay. So PayPal canceled his donation without him knowing it. And he didn't know, obviously. Otherwise, he would have known and wouldn't have known it. That he didn't know. And he says, I'm, gonna, I'm making up for it with this. With my swaz enough donation, I'm working on my next knighthood, which will be a damehood for my lovely 
uh, Dame Audrey. Uh, please give her a karma shot. Thank you very much, uh, Black Knight George Vanderhorst. You've got karma. From the bouncing hills of Katzhoffel. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, yeah, Katzhoffel. The uh, PayPal does this, and we have to be vigilant. Yeah. Scott Gerowitz in Akron, Ohio, 69.69. Andrew Green in London. Uh, as you predicted, my regular PayPal dropped out after three months, so I've joined the Swazelnuff Club. A shot of general karma would be appreciated. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for checking. That's really important. You've got karma. And, you know, yeah. I have to do it, too, because I... That was I, Andrew Green. I have... Um, I have subscriptions, uh, subscription donations to uh, several uh, sources online that you know, I contribute back, and um, and you know, and I have to check because they drop me too. I'm like, oh, you know, like I feel good, like I'm supporting some guy who I pick up a story from once in a while, you know, like five bucks a month or whatever they ask for. Uh, and then oh. it turns out you haven't given anything. Oh, and I and I feel like a crap dude. Do I don't so. know why this problem exists to such an extreme on PayPal. I. I uh, sent a nasty note into the our PayPal uh, executive, uh, our guys that supposedly are follow our account, and told them <laughs> to look into it. I never heard back. They follow our account. Uh huh. We have sure we have a do. couple of guys. Yeah, they're ready to pull the plug. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that, that's hey, who's that calling? Yeah, uh, a pistol of all people. Okay, yep, sure. All right, boom, all right. we're done. Hit the button. Uh, David Morris in Newmarket, Ontario, is listening to Fred and Barney when the four cars in front of me decided to play rugby on the ice-covered road. I had no choice but to pick a line and go through the chaos, and I emerged unscathed in my rental car. <laughs> As a longtime listener, without donating, I owe it all to you two for the good karma. Here's a small contribution for all your work. Call out Dale as a douchebag. Douchebag. I hit him in the mouth six months ago, but he keeps drinking your donation away. I could <laughs> well, use some job karma. Well, if he was sharing, it would be okay, but it doesn't seem You've to got be the case. Karma. Right. Uh, Steven Nielsen in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. No uh, comment. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Doctor James, I sent sixty nine ninety sixty nine sixty nine. Why? Because this is a Valentine's Day gift to my personal milf, Maria, Miria, Miria, Maria. M-I-R-E-Y-A. And I need some serious job, Karma. By the time you read this, I'll have completed two more interviews. Give me one, too delicious to believe, followed by a hot MILF. And then jobs, 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 and KSSX18. So this is a... What? No, this is a, a, a make good. This one fell through the cracks. Hey, way to go, JC, on, uh, on making that clear. Yeah. So this is a make it good. It wasn't his fault. It was mine. It actually fell behind the door. Oh, man. What is going on? Is, is there anyone in your house besides you? John? No, no. There's no one in your it's house besides you. It's a good thing because you're stealing the money. <laughs> because you, it is, it's like someone is doing something with your name. You network. know, we have one. Man, when was the last time I did a make good? I'm not talking about I'm talking about the connection. I can't hear you properly. Oh, I thought you were bitching about the make good. Let no, me find I'm, out. I've moved on already. That's why I said, is there anyone in your house? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you should go look and I'll, <laughs> and I'll do the... Uh, the two delicious milf and uh, oh, it's one hot milf baby. Uh, yeah, we got that. Shut up already! It's science. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. Actually, I think he wants the other milf, so I'll do that one and just as a as a super 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 bonus. Jobs. It's one hot milf baby. <laughs> jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. There you go. 
right. They say no, nobody's doing anything. They're sleeping. Um, Dr. James was what we just did. Okay. Yeah. Brian Leslie in Bremerton, Washington, 6969. Great show. Oh, okay. I might do something. Uh, great show. All I need, uh, he's, we're not do. we don't do doubles. Or triple. So Brian, you should have known this. Shut up already. It's science. And that closes it out, ladies and gentlemen. 69! 69, dude! That's it. Would it swazzle enough for the week? Joshua Burville in Rose Bay, uh, Australia, 5555. Justin Con. Well, I'm sorry, Coritza in Greenwood, Colorado, 5433. Love the show. Longtime listener, first time donor. Uh, broke. I need a birthday call for my Wes Wagner, whose birthday is the third. I like the way he writes in code. Thank you for making the TV obsolete in my life. Thank you. You're welcome. Stuck in North Dakota. I'm about to run out of weed. Oh, no. Stop. Panic. Someone get to North Dakota. I'm stuck in North Dakota, (laughs) and I'm about to run out of weed. This is a... I understand the problem, my brother. I need some karma and some love, a job, some sticky weed. I'm getting my (laughs) ass home as quickly as possible. Thank you for the enlightenment twice a week. Wes, happy birthday, brother. The numbers are all about the... (laughs) Oh God! This is never mind. I think, I think he's calling for weed karma. Get the man some some smoke. Hold on a second. I, this reminds me. So I just want to. So this is the difference between our show and. Uh, have you ever watched the Seven Hundred Club? Pat Robertson. Oh yeah, of course. These guys okay. are hilarious. All right. So so um, so you know, on our show, you can you can pray for sticky weed. Sticky weed. Here's what Pat Robertson's people are praying for and what they receive, apparently. Speak the word and touch people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. God is going to supply a million dollars. Somebody is praying right now, right this second. You're praying for a million dollars, and God said, I have heard your prayer. I know your need, and I'm going to supply the need that you've requested, and in, 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 it's done in Jesus' name. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah, brother. Right, hey, brother, don't be praying for sticky weed, man. Yeah, go for the go million. Go for the million bucks. <laughs> That's an old, you know, if you have a big enough audience, you can pull that stunt off if you're a preacher. You say, somebody right now is praying, has somebody right now in the audience, I hear it, I hear it, they're, pr- they're praying for to cure their diabetes. <laughs> So we get like, if I, you I, give me fifty bucks. You know, kind of I hear someone they want to have someone swazzle enough them. They want to actually. Someone wants them to sit on their face. Yeah, we're the, pretty low the Lord, the Lord is going to take care of your request, and he'll throw in some sticky weed. Sticky weed, not just any old weed. It's got to be gooey. <laughs> the gooey, oh, the gooey one, weed is the true. best. Kevin Payne, Chantilly, Virginia. Uh, $50.01. Blake in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, don't plan on donating so soon, but after John's excellent performance last show, it was comp- I was compelled to do so. Wow. No jingles. Keep up the great work. Oh, good work, uh, Ron Perry, Denver, 50. And finally, uh, Greg Brunsell, Kenosha, Wisconsin, 50. And Carl Ranson in Christchurch, uh, 50s. Keeping it short, mofos, he says. Nice. So that's our donation segment for show 492. I want to thank everybody who helped us produce this show and, and keep us uh, encouraging us to continue. 
in our merry way and the way we well know. and we also have show 500 coming up on uh, yeah, we have Easter show 500 Sunday. coming up we're going to set up the 31313 donation um which will be uh to celebrate show 500 which happens to fall on the 13th uh or I'm sorry the 31st of uh are you doing something else are you distracted I'm trying to do that. I'm trying. I see the problem with the three one three one three is that it's the day, month, year, and I keep visualizing the month, day, year, and it confuses me. Well, three one three one three is what ninety um, percent of the universe uses that date structure, except for yeah, the United States. Yeah, I'm fine with it. All right, and uh, but of course it's also show five hundred, so you can make up your own. Uh, numerology, we thought the threes was uh, was nice. But regardless, this is one of those, it's kind of like our, our time to shine when we need that extra boost to get us through the slower time. So we can just move on and just uh, and just move forward, keep going forward, keep doing the work uh, that we want to do and, uh, you know. Keep watching C-SPAN <laughs> and itching a lot. I get this itchy now when I watch C-SPAN. I start to itch. I'm sorry to hear that. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. All we have to do is ask. We want the help. It's your birthday, birthday. That's that one this week. Oh, no so all we got is uh, Justin Cariza, who says, uh, Happy birthday to Wes Wagner, uh, celebrating today. And please, Lord, send him some stinky weed. We'll do our best. It's your birthday, yeah. All right. And we have uh, one uh, knighting ceremony. So I, uh, I've got my blade. I know that yours is stuck. <laughs> That's so old. Come on, Mark Wilson, come on forward. Today you completed your knighthood by uh, very kindly becoming the executive producer of episode 4902, a real title. We will vouch, of course, on your behalf. And you sent your accounting. We are proud to be presenting you soon with the pin of the No Agenda Knights of the, the Round Tables. So hereby I pronounce thee Sir Mark, Knight of the No Agenda Round Table. And, of course, we got for you some hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, Rubenets, women and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, Sparkling cider and escorts, and the illustrious mutton and mead, horse meat included. I'm reliably informed. Uh, so, Dvorak.org slash NA uh, for the value for value model, which I will be talking about on uh, Saturday, the 9th of March at South by Southwest at Dell Hall at 1230. The title of my session Value for Value Just Getting By in New Media. Are you going to put some clips together? Yeah, I'm basically doing the whole cusp speech, just doing that again. No. But I'm, I'm going to start off, you know, I'll customize. I'm trying to get on the road with this thing. I want someone to pay me to do this. You know, I'll go to your company, and then I'll just say, you know, I'll be entertaining. We laugh for an hour, and you pay me. Isn't that how that works? Isn't it just uh, an no. item? On, isn't it just an item on the checklist when they have, like, some gathering, and we've got some great speakers? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't work that way? Well, it's a cycle. It's a problem. It's oh, like it's the right economy's now. down. So yeah, they, it goes like this. And you'll be cheap. Let's say you're five grand. Shit. Uh, for five grand, I'll throw in a blowjob. Well, that might be necessary. Anyway, <laughs> so let's say you're five grand. So you go, um, 
And the meetings are meeting going on at a company. Yeah, well, what are you going to do, Bill? With the uh, we got we got to hold a fill in our uh, big conference, the big database conference. We're going to have a, <laughs> how many people are showing up? We're going to have eleven hundred people, it's and it's sa- going to be the sales conference. The sales, the sales people. The big, the big conference, big conference. Well, who are we having for a keynoter? Well, I was thinking of getting at, uh, this Curry guy, Adam Curry. Seems like a pretty good speaker. He's got a good reputation. Yeah, what does he cost? Five grand. Uh, can we have Bill from accounting instead? He's, he's actually a pretty good public speaker. He can, he can he's a member a, of Toastmasters. He can do uh, balloon uh, animals. And so, yeah, he's Toastmasters. Uh, he's pretty good. I've heard him speak. He's, he's really funny. I'll and so ask then Curry Bill from accounting for- gives the speech, and that's that. You're done. You don't get your $5,000. <laughs> well, you're right. So uh, I should probably just stay at home and just work harder and just do more. More nah, media. You should, try, you should try to go for it. Everyone's, you know, when the cycle changes, the guys get money to throw away, then they start hiring, you know, Clinton to speak. Oh, uh, he's in, he's been in the Netherlands, I think, 10 times in the past three months. Just giving speeches? Yeah, I think he's lowered his price or something, or maybe he's, well, he's bundling. Well, his high price was, I know, was two, uh, was 250, right? A million dollars. Yeah. I think, I think he's bundling. So, you know, because you don't have, because the, the he jet. He may be doing $50,000 deals or $100,000. Yes, and, 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 you know, then they pool for the jet because, you know, the jet is, that's 60, probably sixty seventy thousand $70,000 for the round trip. Um, so he can do, it's one jet ticket and, you know, the hotel and everything. And so, you know, he's probably still picking up 300000 maybe half a million, but he's hanging out. <laughs> he's hanging out. He's not going back. He's hanging out drinking. But he likes those Dutch girls. Pounding them hookers. So the the clip I accidentally played, which I have lined up for you, um, I, I have it lined up specifically. This is Chris Matthews, who I do not watch, but uh, was this clip was pointed out to me, pointed out to me, not for the reason that I liked it, um, because he's going to say that um, if we don't get guns off the street, uh, someone's going to shoot the president. That is his message. You're kidding. Uh huh. But then when you what I missed the first time when someone pointed this out to me is who is going to be doing the shooting because we are both suspects you and I we don't I even don't... what it doesn't make sense we're not even anywhere near there well go on I personally don't want to be part of a movement to keep those semi-automatics flying into the hands of all sorts of people as they are today. The hoarders, the survivalists, the paranoid, the criminal, and downright politically nutty. <laughs> I think I think I heard hoarders. <laughs> that would be, no, archivists. Archivist. That's a lot different. <laughs> the, uh, what was it? The uh, the preppers. And it was, that's pretty bad. The downright and, nutty. Yeah, and the nutty. <laughs> I personally don't want to be part of a movement to keep those semi-automatics flying into the hands of all sorts of people as they are today. The hoarders, the survivalists. The survivalists. The paranoid. The, the paranoid. I think I fall under paranoid. Criminal and downright politically nutty. Politically nutty. Yeah, anyone who disagrees with Chris. Yeah. Why? Because the next mass shooter could well emerge out of this pack. Check <laughs> the shooters of John F. Kennedy and, and Jerry Ford who got shot at Twice. Look at the men who shot Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and George Wallace. I'm pretty sure it was all CIA, actually, but okay. They all had political motives and they all had guns. Got them easy and put them easily to use. And if you're not against this movement, you are with it. Ah! 
Oh, oh brother, <laughs> give this guy the hook. <laughs> How unbelievable is that? I mean, that's really, that's dangerous talk there. No, that guy's, a, that that's horrible. He's, he's a, a subversive, that guy. I mean, in the worst way. Let's play, since we're on this sort of thing, let's play. Here's Rob Reiner talking about guns. And, and I want you to see if you can spot... The logical contradictions, and I think there's two of them, even though one of them is really now, apparent. Now, Rob, the Rob, Rob Reiner is the uh, the guy who was meat meathead head on All in the Family. He's the yeah. director, uh, son of he's Carl not, Reiner. Yes, yeah. And he's and he's a big uh, left wing blowhard. He's on all kinds of stuff. He's I, he's very entertaining. I heard him at the Commonwealth Club. Very. Very funny, but when he goes off on this stuff, see if you can hear the logical inconsistency, which I think is a real problem with a lot of these people. The logical inconsistency of what he has to say. Problems who also watch those video games might be tipped over by something like that, yes. But those people, if they didn't have access to guns, they'd probably go and hit, stab somebody or ah. hit somebody with a baseball bat or whatever. The because point of is, other issues. Yeah, yeah, no, because of other issues. It's not like somebody, you know... This is the this is the argument. They have the same video games, the same violent movies in Japan, in Canada, in England, all the same things, and nobody's getting killed there because they don't have the guns. I mean, so so those kinds of things are not. I mean, if we saw outbreaks of violence based on these violent movies that we that we have, and it's what our second biggest export is these movies to around the world. If we saw big outbreaks of violence because of that, then you say, "Hey, we got a we got a case here." Is he in? Is he a high? <laughs> Wait, he's talking about th 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 there's nothing but violence in the United Kingdom, and it's all knife crime and people ganging up on each other and beating each other with sticks. Is he? In, is, he is he insane? Well, here's the thing that. It, the self-contradiction was the following. One is that he says, well, if there were no guns and these nutballs who who get turned on by a, vi a violent video game would stab someone, they'd have a knife. They'd stab. And then he says, then he goes on and drops that whole thought yeah. and says it's yeah. all because of guns. Yeah. Now, he's an idiot. And then, by the way, and it's never mentioned that one of the most highly armed citizenry in the world is Switzerland, and they get those movies. So it's all bull crap. Yeah, but just trying yeah, to take no, a Whoa, whoa, whoa. But they're subtitled. What? <laughs> the movies it's are all bull crap? The movies are subtitled. So I think there's I think you know, I don't think you're getting it firsthand. It doesn't work. It's I don't think it's the, <laughs> the I don't think it's the vocalism that <laughs> it's all the explosions. It's 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 they're too busy reading the subtitles. That's the way to do it. We can stop all violence by subtitling our movies. <laughs> Subtitle. You have to read. What's she saying? What? Read? What? what? Hey, I'm a little I'm a little um I'm a little angry, uh, and I, I no, I saw that you you came up with this as well, um, but I'm I'm a little angry that they uh, you know that our movie is not going to happen now. You know, we had the Who's whole the, oh the Mokhtar, Mokhtar, Mokhtar. He was known as the Marlboro Man because of the millions of dollars he made smuggling cigarettes across the Sahara. But in the last few months, the one-eyed Mokhtar Belmokhtar has become one of the most sought-after terrorists in the world. And actors. It was Belmokhtar who authorities say was the mastermind of the attack this January on an Algerian natural gas plant that left dozens of Westerners and at least three Americans dead. Belmokhtar had formed his own Al-Qaeda splinter group 
and announced he would use his wealth to finance more attacks against American and Western interests in the region and beyond. The U.S. badly wanted Belmokhtar stopped and actively helped in the search by French and African military units to find him and another top al-Qaeda leader who was reported killed yesterday. Here it comes. Belmokhtar has been reported killed at least two times before in previous years, <laughs> only to show up alive. So what do you think? Do you think he's really gone? I mean, or is he just playing hard to get because he wants more money for the movie? You know, I don't know if he ever existed, I mean, which would mean he's going to crop up again. But I, the one that I, the one I thought this was on Van Cat, which is the, this is the one that was a, conf, I thought this was just a generally confusing report because there's other guys, Zaid who's dead yeah, and yeah. Mokhtar, and I got the two of them confused. But play the Mokhtar too confusing report. It's the first official announcement of Abdelhamid Abouzaid's death, the most feared commander of Al Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. Since last Thursday, he had been declared dead on several occasions by Algerian media, among others. The Algerian press even reported that authorities had collected DNA samples from members no. of Abu Zaid's family to identify the body. French newspaper Le Monde confirmed his death, quoting high-level, reliable officials. However, since the president's announcement, no other officials in neither Mali, Chad, or France have confirmed Abu Zaid's death. I think they got it from the same store that they bought the Bin Laden DNA from. <laughs> yeah, the bullshit. DNA store. That's bull crap. All right. And, and by the way, Whatever. this other report that I picked up on from the, I know it's some, the whole thing is hoax. But this, this, whatever, apparently all the soldiers that were being killed in uh, Mali and I guess part in our Algeria, they're all from Chad. Well, yeah. As many as 50 jihadists have been captured in the French-led intervention in Mali. They were caught hiding on an island in the Niger River near the city of Gao. Meanwhile, Chadian President Idris Deby has confirmed Al-Qaeda commander Abu Zaid was killed during clashes in the remote region of Mali several days ago. Julia Seeger has more. A national funeral for the 26 Chadian soldiers killed in fighting in Mali on February 22nd. In front of journalists and opposition leaders, President Idris Deby made a surprising announcement. Our soldiers, our Chadian soldiers, have killed two of the top al-Qaeda leaders, including Abu Zaid. Our soldiers have liberated the city of Kidal. He will liberate Kidal. By the way, when they said the guy, you know, the, prim, the prime minister is going to make a surprise announcement, he comes out and says he's gay. I think that's the way it should have gone. <laughs> I have a surprise announcement, everybody. I'm gay. <laughs> Whoop it up. So I came across, you know, sometimes you come across, you know, things that just correlate for some crazy reason. You're like, oh, wow. What is going on here? So we, we have the general concept uh, down of an economic hitman. And of course, we actually got uh, a note from our economic hitman uh, about what was the it, it wasn't uh, it was two other countries. It was uh, was it Tanzania? I think he was talking about. And uh, apparently the yeah, well, Kenya, I guess, is Kenya, one of them. Yeah, they're, they're rousting or they're getting sick of this Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Very sick. Very sick of the Chinese. Well, and so they're rousting him or something. I, I, he has it wasn't he it was actually a longer note, and it was just a lot of back just no. a lot of background information. Nothing that no, was but that's so okay. Worthy. That's okay because it really, it, it you know you have to understand the whole idea of the economic hitman is you know you uh, 
you get everything set up. You know, first of all, it, it's cool if you have the Chiners build roads and infrastructure. Then you have to uh, overthrow the government. So you put in your, you know, your fighters, and then there's a coup, and then you know, oh, then we have to send in some military, and you know, there's all oh, there's terrorists and Al Qaeda, and then before you know it, we're kind of running the show, and the Chiners are out. That's kind of how it works, right? But you leave out the one important part, which is you have to give them a big IMF loan or something yes. that they can't afford. Yes, yes, essentially well, what they did to Portugal and Spain. Yes. Uh, the, the EU, it's the EU, kind of incompetent at this, but they decided to pull that economic hitman stunt on members of their own organization, the European Union, and they ended up, they're, now they're in a mess because, they, you know, it's not, you don't want to do it domestically. Well, let me, let me get into the African country I was interested in because all of a sudden I see an executive order uh, from the president regarding... Zimbabwe. Apparently, Zimbabwe is a threat to our national security. Uh. And the president has said, uh, in accordance with uh, the uh, emergency, I have to, uh, you know, before, what is it, March 6th, he had to, you know, re-up for another year, national emergency uh, against uh, an executive order against Zimbabwe. I'm like, well, obviously, we've got an economic hit taking place in Zimbabwe. And then I come across this story, that a United Nations investigation into a cholera outbreak in Zimbabwe is now attributed to the United Nations force that were in Zimbabwe. Oh, that's interesting. So what this means is that they are, and 4,000 people died. So this is what happened in Haiti. So we had Haiti, we had, uh, I think it's 8,000 people die of cholera. And now Zimbabwe, so of course we've got the, you know, the, ooh, the executive order, ooh, terrorism, whatever, scary over there in Zimbabwe. But we also kill them with cholera. I think this is a pattern. It's the economic shit man. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. And it was like a shaggy dog story, the way you told it. <laughs> but the, but dragged it, is... it out, dragged it out, and then there's a crummy punchline at the end, which was a pun. But it is true. It well, is... yeah, no, the coincidence that the UN is spreading cholera here and there is not a good thing. <laughs> no. Bring him in. And bring in the cholera. Hey, you got the cholera division? Yeah, the cholera division. Okay, we'll bring him in. And they have these pants, you know, they just with a flap. They're like, boop, boop. <laughs> it's like, one guy. It's one guy. It's, cholera hey. Larry. It's like, <laughs> hey, take a shit over there, Cholera Larry. In that river. <laughs> right there. There you go. You see those people down downstream washing their clothes? Yeah. There you go. It's That's like, the spot. It's like when we bring in the kicker for the field goal in football. <laughs> <laughs> he has a, he's a single digit number on his uniform. Three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, um... Uh, a couple other things, uh, just while we're staying on on the on the crazy. Um, you know, I really do miss uh, Hillary Clinton. You know, well, the- I I do have a clip of her replacement, and apparently they're on to us. And if and of course <laughs> your thesis was always that this new guy in Egypt is a stooge. Yes. For us. Yes. If you listen to the report from uh, the French uh, outlets, you you hear. Uh, I think this. My, this may be, you know, this I think is pretty much French. Uh, you hear what's going on that's not really being reported too much here. 
This is a carry over there in Egypt. He says that the purpose of his visit is essentially to discuss regional and international issues. We have a wide spectrum of Egyptian leadership that is refusing to meet with him. The criticism is coming from liberal and secular leaders. They accuse Kerry and the United States of siding with the Muslim Brotherhood, and they accuse its leader, Mohamed Morsi, of essentially stepping into the same role as the ousted dictator, Hosni Mubarak. Now, it is true that the United States has maintained close ties with Morsi, but the criticism is that he is failing to implement reforms, and at the same time, he is turning the country into a more religiously conservative ruling system. At least two opposition figures have refused invitations from <laughs> Kerry to sit down and hold talks with him, and this follows this week a call by the United States for the main opposition grouping that is known as the National Salvation Front to reverse its decision to boycott parliamentary elections that are due to begin next month. Yesterday, Kerry was in Ankara telling the Turks that they need to improve their relationship with Israel. The Turkish Prime Minister recently made the comment that Zionism was a crime against humanity. No. And in response to this, Kerry <laughs> said Jews. that the comments were objectionable. This comment could indeed frustrate. She talks like Morse code. da 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 Yes, she's terrible. All right, so I need to talk about Kerry, but first I need to congratulate the chat room. Of course, it is the designated shitter, and he has a number two on his uniform. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, man, we, I can't believe... Designated shitter. <laughs> I can't believe we Bring him that. in, bottom of the ninth. <laughs> All right, so Kerry, uh, who, by the way, signs his name as John F. Kerry. <laughs> I mean, is this guy pathetic? Or what? He signed, because I'm looking at his documents and stuff. John F. Kerry. Have you seen him walking into embassies or into meetings? He has, or, to, he has to duck. His head is so huge. Well, he's got a big head. He's tall. But but he's got the look of the guy who finally found his place in life. Oh, this is exactly where he wants to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're so right. He's oh, just yeah. he's glowing. Oh, glowing. He, no, he he loves this. He, I mean, he has a massive hard on every single day. He he can't believe his luck. You know, he 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 killed Heinz's husband. You know, he, he took over that whole thing. And uh, here, here's Carrie. That's his head. It's filled with water. So um, he uh, also went to Rome. He, he went to Rome uh, to talk with the. Uh, 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 oh, what do you call it? The uh, the, the, pope. the not, not not the pope. <laughs> the, no, the, no, the Syrian opposition council. Oh, and the free guys. Syrian army. Because why? Because well, first of all, that is interesting to note that now the Iraqis are lobbing uh, bombs and missiles into Syria. So the Iraqi army is fighting the Syrians now. That's not being reported, really, but um, you know, my military-industrial complex is on it all the time. So, um, you know, that's very significant because uh, I think we pretty much uh, control the Iraqis. So uh, the Iraqi army is now fighting, and uh, uh, President Obama said, "Oh, we're going to give some more money uh, to uh, uh, to the uh, Syrian coalition." And uh, Assad—that's his—that's how you pronounce his name, by the way, Assad. Is uh, he's doing interviews and he's like, oh, this is really not uh, not very good. This is not very constructive. So here is uh, Kerry uh, in Rome. The audio is kind of crappy, unfortunately. 
but he's talking about how awesome he is and what, what we're doing and how the president is making the $60 million available, which I have questions about. Uh, maybe you can help. Working together, we've already been able to do a lot. We've imposed broad sanctions on the Assad regime that dry up some of the funds that uh, fuel his war machine. Uh, in addition, we have supported the Syrian opposition coalition. With <laughs> I love how he, he's not very good at reading yet. The Syrian opposition coalition. Training, organization, and some of the communications resources that they need to reach out to the Syrian people. I don't even know what that means. Communic so what, they have like a radio station or something like that? We continue to increase our humanitarian support for those who are suffering. But today... President Obama has encouraged all of us to embrace the notion that we need to do more. So the $60 million that I announced on his behalf today will do the following. So I, I, this, I take exception to this. This is like from his stash? This is a, I'm, I, I'm giving $60 million away on the president's behalf? I mean, does he get to do this? This is not I have no idea what the structure is of this operation and well, whether or not he was given a blank check ah, or ah, have to do. Ah, well, I'm gonna, we're going to get to that because there is at least one reporter who's not American who asked these questions. Um, as you know from your many years in the United States Senate and from your many years traveling the globe, the kind of multifaceted program in the tens of millions of dollars that you've announced here today will take many months before it is fully operational, and longer still before its impacts are discernible on the ground. Um, as you also said today, President Assad seems only to increase in his viciousness and his brutality. Uh, aren't you concerned, sir, that while you're trying to stand up local councils and extend the rule of law in these places in Syria, that perhaps we could see another 20,000 lives lost? So what he's saying, and Kerry's going to answer this, is, okay, you know, so you have you talk a big game with your $60 million you're bringing from President Obama. No, no one really knows. Is it, a, is it one of those big checks, like the lottery? And it, does that work? Do you just go into Syria and you say, hey, here's a check? You know? Um, and so this guy is asking the right question. Won't 20,000 people, more people die because, you know, you're trying, you're trying to deliver this check or they're trying to cash it? Or In short, as the Syrians are sure to say, is this the best you can do? Well, Bob, it's a very good question. It's appropriate one no, it's to answer not. it. <laughs> I am confident about our ability to be able to deliver this money rapidly. So he, he, he stumbles there. The audio is so crap. He said to deliver this media, I mean money, rapidly. Uh, part, part of this money we have programmed in some of the things that... The money is programmed, John. It's programmed. It's smart money. We're doing now. But in addition to that... Uh, I've touched base with uh, key members of Congress who I think are prepared to be helpful. And I will, uh, I've agreed to brief them the minute I get back from this trip. So it sounds to me like he just went there and just said, you know, said, hey, just say 60 million. And then when you come back, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it in Congress. We'll get someone to slip it into some bill or something. Uh, yeah. I will personally uh, be engaged in that process. Uh, and I, so I feel very confident about it, as does the president and his advisors in the White House, who signed off on this knowing 
oh. that this would require rapid delivery. So his advisors in the White House signed off on this. He's like, so Kerry was ba- he was stuck there for a moment, and he's he is unlike Hillary. He is the whipping ass monkey dancing boy of the president. Oh. Well, you know, the president said it was okay for me to say $60 million. I'll, I'll, I'll personally see the, everything. His, his advisors in the White House said it was okay for me to say this, and I, uh, I'll make sure I deliver it. Now, what's crazy? Yeah, is, especially if it was Hillary, she would have told the guy to shut up, yeah, slave. Oh, yeah. That the United Kingdom, at the same time, of course, United Kingdom has all kinds of interests in, uh, in that region as well, um, uh, for centuries, <laughs> the United Kingdom is also sending money to the Syrian Council Opposition Freedom Fighter Incorporated LLC Advertising, whatever you want to call it. And President Assad Assad, has said, hey, you know, these Brits, they're not helpful. They're a bunch of a-holes. And so William Hague, is fit. he's the foreign minister for the UK. Yeah, baldy. He's feeling, re- ball, he's feeling really cocky. Well, this is a man presiding over this... Slaughter. Uh, you know, slaughter. And the message to him is we, Britain, are the people sending food and shelter and blankets. He's sending blankets. Doesn't no, no. he kind of, in some, in some alternate universe, isn't he actually Julian, a bald Julian Assange? <laughs> yeah. The way he talks. Yeah, in, a, in another universe. Looks- so he's sending, we're sending, we, are, the Brits are sending the blankets. I'm sorry, Haig. The Americans, we got that covered with our, with our big check. Your, your blankets. To help people driven from their homes and families in his name. Uh, we are the people sending medical supplies hey. to try to look after people injured and abused <laughs> by the soldiers working for this man, President Funny. Assad. And, and Lagdar Brahimi, the, the UN envoy, who's a softly spoken diplomat, said this week that Assad thinks and is told by his inner circle that all of this is an international conspiracy, not the actual rebellion and revolt of his own people. So I think this will go down as one of the most delusional interviews that any national leader has given in modern times. So let me just take let me just take the opposite and let me say that it is an international conspiracy. Um, and that uh, and, and I think that the journalists who are uh, uh, publicizing this total crap from this Hague character should now go and interview uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who had lunch with the Assads, dro- drove around with them, and you were a part of their charities. Uh, they should go interview Anna Wintour of Vogue, who did a huge uh, issue all about the first lady of uh, of Syria, and and you know, and how come all of a sudden now they're so evil and this and they did how come they they could do this whole profile of her and not notice it? And please, Angelina and Brad, step forward and say that you knew it. You knew the minute you were there that he was an evil man. He was killing his own people. Where is that interview? Well, that's funny you'd ask. You have well, it? Not, I wish. <laughs> you I do. Have I have it right here behind uh, the tree. But Marshall you know, McLuhan. And then, and then I'm just going to wind up with this. I'm angry for you. I'm really angry for you. You know, I, you are my my I'm friend. Angry, angry for me. Uh, for you, yes. On your behalf. I'm angry, angry, angry. I cannot believe. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, if anyone deserved to go, it was you. Oh, yeah, I am too. Trumpets blaring. 
Dennis Rodman was bigger news in North Korea than its recent nuclear test. Our dear Kim Jong-un and his wife gushed the announcer, watched the basketball match with Rodman. And it wasn't just basketball. There was a tour of a dolphin aquarium, ice rink, and last night a private dinner with Kim that apparently involved more than eating. A producer from Rodman's sponsor, Vice Magazine, tweeting, So Kim Jong-un just got the Vice crew wasted. No, really, that happened. Uh, This pisses me off. You wanted to drink that wine collection when his dad was still uh, alive. And we talked about it. I mentioned it to Uncle Don. We tried to get, you know, messages out that it was, it's a Cabernet collection, correct? Uh, uh, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. You know, and, and so now Dennis Rodman and the Vice crew gets to drink that? I don't know that they were drinking. I think they were smoking dope. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm angry. You know, it's legal in North Korea. Marijuana is legalized in North Korea. It's hilarious. So, um, so this, of course, came up. Now, everyone's laughing. Oh, oh, oh this is so funny. I think it's brilliant. Um, and, and, and I believe, you know, if we look at the entertainment industrial complex, which we're very familiar with, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, they were all for Syria. Oh, now they're against Syria. Now, whoa, oh, sending Clooney. We need to go fix something. Oh, we got to go kill the Haitians. We, oh, bring in the designated shitter. Have Clooney do the, the, the prep. So all the actors all over the place. Kim Jong-un is like, okay, you know, I can't afford the curry. It's a little too expensive. You know, we'll, we'll take, go second rate. Where's the tattooed guy? You bring him over. And so the State Department is pissed off about this because they control all of the actors. And Rodman has gone rogue, and this came up in the most recent briefing. Uh, Of course, unfortunately, um, uh, Victoria wasn't there. She's uh, with the Waterhead uh, traveling around uh, Europe. Uh, So we have the, uh, uh, what is his name, Uh, Ventrell who's kind of a stand-in stooge, uh, and he gets asked the question. To ask you if the State Department or U.S. government in general plans to debrief Mr. Dennis Rodman or any members of his traveling party, uh, I, I think they issued an invitation for the North Korean leader to visit the United States, something like that. So this has been a topic a couple of times this week, uh, and you know where we are, that... Uh, this is a private visit by a private American citizen. Mr. Rodman does not represent the United States. He's never been a player in our diplomacy. Oh, he's never been a player in our diplomacy. <laughs> and he says this twice, by the way, because all the rest are players. They're all yeah. players. They're all players. They play in a little play and they're acting a little spiel. Um, and you know where we are in general in terms of we don't have the welter of the North Korean people. Um, and... Now listen, he's going to tell us why you should not visit North Korea. Changes of sports or something we do with uh, certain countries where maybe we don't have a good relationship. But, you know, this is coming at a time where we've got uh, significant uh, activity at the U.N. to work for a strong, credible credible response uh, after this nuclear test. Um, Clearly, you've got the regime spending money to wine and dine uh, foreign visitors. Doesn't our president wine and dine foreign visitors? While everyone is eating mac and cheese, they should be feeding their own people. You should be feeding your own people. Um, so this isn't really a, a time for business as usual with the DPRK. We've got uh, we're up at the UN seeking some you know significant reaction. You've yeah. got the North Koreans uh, focused on sort of entertainment and 
feeding foreigners instead of their own people. Yeah, like we don't what? do that. I and a couple of vice producers. <laughs> like we don't do that. I mean, we roll it, man. We've got the, we've got our first lady handing out the best movie Oscar, and this guy has the gall to say North Korea is bad because they got a second-rate basketball has been the actor player Carmen Electra smelling guy dead to do some weed. Oh, brother. Really? Really? Pathetic. I mean, and, and they're... And they, oh. Patrick, just to be clear, do you plan to meet Mr. Dennis Rodman or any... Sorry, for the second part of that, you know, we've long said our policy long has been uh, that there are Americans who've been to North Korea who want to talk to us and uh, discuss their travel when they come back. Uh, we take their call. We're willing to listen to them. But uh, <laughs> we haven't been in touch with this traveling party at any point in along in the process. They haven't been in touch with us. Uh, and so we don't have any plans in that regard, but... You know, I mean, what is that? It's like, and we're not interested. And in, I mean, the guy. I mean, I'd like to know. Like, no, no, no. If they want to call us, it's okay. We'll listen to him. I mean, that this is hubris of the highest level. You can't, on one hand, talk about the evil empire and like, oh, he's so frightening, Kim Jong Un. Oh, he's gonna kill everybody with a nuclear bomb. But you know, Dennis Rodman was in you, know, basically hanging out, banging the hookers, smoking the weed. We're not interested in knowing. Oh, come on, that's farcical. Farcical. I love that word. So anyway, I'm I'm disappointed for you. And I think if Vice can go there, can't we? Yeah, Vice had a whole special and I can go we can go there through the back door. Uh <laughs> you go to China first and they, they no, have the I want they have a proper, the whole route. No, we I, could do it. Hello, I want the horns and everything that Rodman got. I want the well, best podcast in the universe to go Vice on the road. Had been there a couple of times, and they I guess had the uh they could grease the wheels. I guess I think we can still manage it. Because all I want is for you to be tasting the Bordeaux. I'd love to hang out with uh, Kim Jong-un, smoke some of that sticky weed. Don't you think? I think it would be fantastic. So there was a... Uh, I'm angry for you, my friend. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm not too pleased myself. <laughs> so just the last thing I have is a um, Feinstein did her gun control meetings on the Hill. Three hours. It was long. Yeah, really the only long. thing that was good was the end where she forgot to call. She forgot that the, that her setup man was sitting there patiently waiting, Blumenthal from Connecticut, to. <laughs> and she's going to close, and she's just damn near says, and thank you for being here. This meeting is closed, and she almost did it. And, and, but then she realized that she had screwed up because the whole dog and pony show was just about to begin. But here, have her uh, play the forgets Blumenthal clip. Uh, for your service to our country. If I could have just. We're going to. Oh! <laughs> Senator Blumenthal, take some extra time. I am so sorry. Well, you know, thank you. Uh, Madam Chairman, thank you. I, I, I know that uh, in the Senate, uh, freshman senators are supposed to be seen and not heard, but I'm happy to be heard today. Thank you. You've got it. Uh, I want to begin by thanking you, Madam Chairman, for... Okay, you can kill her. Because for the next Good five minutes... Here, what? For the next five minutes, all he does is kiss her ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. But then, but then the oh, most, no. I think, shameful display I've ever seen in a congressional hearing follows, and with also an interesting comment he makes with the, when, uh, with the clip CT Senator. Okay. It's not, it's not loading for some reason. Hold on. Uh, and there it is. There it is. Uh, and the simple blunt fact is Listen. that... This issue was thought to be politically untouchable two months ago. We would not be here today 
without the horrific Newtown tragedy. So I want to begin by asking my fellow citizens of Connecticut, most particularly the members of the Newtown community, Sandy Hook Promise, the Newtown Action Alliance, as well as the families who had victims to please stand so that we can thank you publicly for your courage and your strength in this extraordinary historic moment. Thank you. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. First of all, he admits that the whole gun control thing stems from the event. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened it, it, at all. Yeah. Wouldn't have happened at all, no chance. But luckily luckily for the and the, and here's our here's our you know, are are the people that made it possible? It's like they went. I'm surprised they didn't bow like they would on the stage. All you needed and, to say is, as always, for joining us. Good to be here, Broth. That's all you got to say. That's all you need. Just throw out a Broth. All right. Um. So uh, in uh, uh, in final closing, oh. what? Well, you know, we forgot to do. I didn't forget. It's anything. a short report, but I got to do my New York Times report. <laughs> <laughs> How funny is that? I told you if you tried to remind me of it that we'd forget. Yes, I made the mistake. John's gonna hum the Sunday time. All right, this is my report for this week. All right, last week's Sunday New York Times weighed one pound, 11.6 ounces. Today's Sunday Times, when you remove the local insert, Weighed one pound, 7.6 ounces. That is my report for this Sunday. Wait a minute. So you're telling me it is exactly the same weight? No, you weren't listening. <laughs> no, I wasn't listening the at all. The first one, last week's was <laughs> one pound, 11 ounces and 0. 0.6. Uh. This week is one pound, 7.6. It's four ounces lighter. John's gonna hum the Sunday time. <laughs> Yes. I wanted to say that I had read the uh, entire Bradley Manning um, speech as transcribed. And uh, I've, I have to say I thought it was very good what he said. And uh, I have concluded that the entire problem uh, in this Bradley Manning case is that there was a Freedom of Information Act request for this helicopter shooting footage, which was denied, and that that is the real issue here, is that he had that, and he released it, he got it out. This is what the the uh, uh, the Stasi government will not have. If they say no to a Freedom of Information Act, it cannot get out, it will not get out, and he will go to jail for this. I do want to ask my friends in the lesbian, gay, uh, trans transgendered, and bisexual community, where is the outrage over the treatment of Bradley Manning as a uh, gay man? Where, I mean, if, you know, if, if, if any, if, you know, who's the, who's the Chaz Bono? If Chaz Bono falls on Dancing with the Stars and breaks a nail, the whole lesbian, gay, transgendered, bisexual community is up in arms and outrage. This guy was treated so poorly, so poorly, yet there's not a single fag or dyke who was on his side. And I'm very disappointed, really disappointed by it. And I want you to think about it. And there you have it. Another No Agenda show. Don't say it. Don't you dare say in the can. I wasn't going to say in the can. 
Because I'll have to unleash That's the That's de- where the designated shitter should be. <laughs> designated shitter, I'm going to unleash him on you. Are you doing that show today? Uh, yes, I oh, am. Oh, good. I'll watch. Good. That's always fun to watch. Make sure you plug the show. I always plug the show. I know. Make sure you plug it again. Uh-huh. Tell Leo I said hey. I'll t- I always tell Leo you said hey. Uh-huh. And I always say, why don't you put him on the show? He's good. <laughs> the guy's a natural. He and should Leo- be in broadcasting. And Leo says... No, he doesn't believe in science. <laughs> Can't have him on. All right, everybody. I would like you to remember that is Dvorak.org slash NA. That is the address where you can go and support this program. Uh, if you want to keep it going, if you find some value, uh, just look at what you're spending on entertainment alone in a month. Give up a little bit to support the program. Coming to you from uh, Travis Heights Hideout, where MoFo meets SoCo here in... Uh, capital of the drone star state in the morning everybody i'm adam curry and from northern silicon valley where i remain it's a drought by the way official drought now in northern california i'm john c dvorak we'll be back on thursday right here on no agenda Frustration takes place. That's going to be a great setback we don't need uh, to be um Having something like sequestration that's going to um, cause these job losses, over 170 million jobs. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.